hey, there's a chance we'll be using our grown-up language in this episode. So if you have little kids around, you might want headphones. You might also want a stiff drink. Hey, I'm not judging. Please parent responsibly. This is Adam. And this is Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. First of all. Sadness. Yeah. Rest in peace, uh, balloon wine goblets that make a beautiful chime noise when you clink them. Mm-hmm. One of them sadly died, and now there's only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> took, a, took a dive off the counter onto the tile. I mean, which I will drink out of myself. At some point. Oh, yeah. I, I, I see that thing being a feature in our bathroom. In the, like... <laughs> like, I'm pouring myself a fish bowl of wine and I'm taking a bath. I, I'm here for it. Because it does way. hold, like, half a bottle of wine if yeah, you're... They're great. Well, that's why we used them is because we could pour half a bottle of wine in each one. Right, and, and then we, then we don't need, have pouring noises in the middle of our podcast. Refill. Yeah. So also, spoilers, you will hear pouring noises <laughs> in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're drinking wine, but in our... Uh, Less fancy, stemless wine glasses that never break. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, the ones that you pay 50 cents for last forever. The ones you pay, like, $30 for. Or you, <laughs> like... Yeah. Will know. break. It's how they go. So, other than the tragic and untimely loss of our wine goblet, mm-hmm. how's your week going? Um, my week's okay. Yeah. My week, my week was good. Uh, it snowed every day. I went into the office. Uh-huh. Every I guess every night I went into the office. It snowed the night the night before. Right. And so notably, um, she leaves for the office at six. <laughs> yeah. I usually roll down to work around seven thirty, so mm-hmm. I can sleep till seven. Right. On the days she's not going to the office, which means or the day she goes to the office, I can sleep until like seven. Um that means I'm waking up at five. So she can leave at six, a little bit before, really, because if I'm shoveling, it's right. leave early for work. So it's like two hours. And it's like two <laughs> hours of like strong manual labor, which you don't just like go back to bed from. But then mm. that evening at about seven o'clock, you're just like, oh my gosh, you guys. I'm so tired. Everything hurts and I'm tired. So the good news is this week, we're totally going to do it again. Yeah, we're going to have just as much snow, if not more, um, only on the days that I have to go into the office. So it's, yeah. It's fantastic. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate you shoveling for me, though. I, I No worries. It's fine. It's not the worst, but like, mm-hmm. there are just going to be those moments where I'm like, I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> like, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, so that happened. And our kids are... Um, Playing outside, making snow fort they, people. They have played outside like almost every day. Like, they have a, a very elaborate imagination play, and they're super excited yeah. for the influx of raw materials that will be coming this week. So, mm-hmm. hey, good yeah. on them! I, yeah. I mean, that's what have fun. That's what snow days are for. Like, go out there, have some fun, play with the neighbor kids. Get in the snowball fight. Like, just just enjoy. So Yeah, so they've been enjoying the snow. Well, two-thirds of them have been enjoying the, sh- the I don't, snow. I don't think one, our... one third is like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think our eldest has left the house in like four days. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. 
that's i mean neither have i so mm-hmm. i can't really throw that stone i made it as far as the mailbox i think is it's usually where you go it's usually my, yeah. my my big out and commute and i would like to say that's because of the pandemic but really that's how i would live my life in general it, yeah adam is one of those people who's enjoying quarantine a little too much maybe <laughs> Who are like, oh man, I don't have to see any of these people. I can order takeout. I can like, yes, I'm here for all of these things. I want everything delivered. I want to never leave my house. I want to never talk to people. Yep, that's me. I'm the Grinch. So there we are. It's just how it is. It is. It is fine. We'll be there. So, ah, uh, how was your week? Uh, I mean, it was fine. Showed a lot and did some stuff, but that mm-hmm. was mostly. How was it? I did a lot of cooking. I did have, it was another one of those weeks where like, I feel like I did something every evening. Yes. And was busy, so. But I have nothing to show for it. Yeah, basically <laughs> that. So. I did make sushi bake. I mean, okay. For lunch today. So. And our kids lost their damn minds. The, first off, it was delicious, but she was like, I'm making sushi bake. I'm like, that's not how sushi works, honey. <laughs> I know. Famously. I know, but trust. Trust, trust the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I first had sushi bake like years and years and years ago. Um, a friend who uh, is Filipino and from Hawaii made it for me. And uh, like all Filipino food, it was fucking delicious. Fair. And I was like, oh, this is great. And she was like, it's sushi bake. Like She was like, yeah, this is a thing we do. It's like, it's like a normal thing. And I was like, My mom's I need, recipe from 1957. I was like, I need all the details. Um. And then I kind of forgot about it. And I guess uh, Sushi Bake is like sweeping the nation now as people find themselves in quarantine and very much craving sushi. So there you go. Sushi Bake is becoming a thing. And I feel very ahead of the curve, having had it many years ago. That must mean I never feel ahead of any curve. <laughs> Same. So... <laughs> yeah, cool. So I, so I made it and, it and it was pretty easy. Like there's Good. things I would tweak about the recipe to make it easier next time but like it was it wasn't impossible and my kids lost their minds they were like mom this is the best thing ever i know they just i mean one of them just kept making little tacos (laughs) out of like seaweed wrapper and just like shoving in his mouth (laughs) i think think you ate like 15 yeah you easy well we also make this side dish which is jap which is chinese sorry Mm -hmm. not japanese or hawaiian or filipino or whatever right it's just a mix it's a whole fusion thing going. yeah yeah uh where you just basically smash cucumbers and then it's like rice wine vinegar and soy sauce and sugar and garlic and salt and garlic and uh Sesame oil. Yeah, like it's just the sauce you mix together. It's called pai hung gua. Yeah, it's beaten. Spelled not at all like it sounds. So yeah, good luck. beaten cucumbers. Yep. If you look up smashed cucumber salad, you'll find it. Yeah, but. It's delicious. My kids also lose their mind for that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you've eaten three cups of raw cucumber. Right. I'm fine with this. Right, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, so that was good. But we're, uh, let me see. I don't know. It's That's just about it. Yeah. Yeah, we're just kind of battening down the hatches, hoping it doesn't, you know, snow too much. But at the same time, I got nowhere to go. Yeah, I do have places to go, which is very annoying. Like, <laughs> must be. <laughs> it's, very, it's very annoying. I disapprove. I would agree. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. But we'll see. But I'll get you shoveled out. I yeah. Because I loves you. Might take me three hours to get to work, but we'll see. There's at some point where there's like 14 inches of snow on the ground and you're just like... Calling in. Uh, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, 
my husband is going to call in his work and be home and it's a whole thing. But anyway, so we did watch a movie today. We did. We watched an out-of-season Christmas movie. Again, on brand. It's snowing, so therefore it counts. Yeah, it's still winter. Yeah, so you can watch a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. uh, we watched the classic Home Alone. Yes, such a classic. Okay, so, before we break down the movie, what is your relationship with Home Alone? Uh, so, yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing. But um, it is, again, I feel like I got this movie from some sort of fast food drive through on VHS. <laughs> Like, Didn't you get something else from that? Adam's family. We talked about this. <laughs> like, for some reason, there's a strong mental connection to this. Um, I don't know if that's just, like, some sort of weird hang-up I have from, like, some childhood trauma. I remember buying this VHS and it having, like, a Pepsi commercial at the beginning. Yes. And people lost their damn minds because they're like, I paid for this. Like, I bought this piece of media. And you are giving me a commercial, and, like, people were livid. Yeah, well, I mean, gee, that'd be nice. Yeah, this livid. Is, again, there's a whole rant here about <laughs> why piracy happens, and because it makes a better product sometime, is the answer. <laughs> like, if you would have pirated this VHS, you wouldn't have had the FBI warning. Right. You wouldn't have had the 12 trailers. You wouldn't have had the Pepsi ad. You just would have started with the movie done. Right. So, it's good. But, yeah, I, I always like this movie. Also, um, weirdly, I used to work at an amusement park, and for reasons that I don't understand, mm -hmm. uh, the main entry, Main Street area, played this song. It's like one of the, like, instrumental pieces, like, that just plays the soundtrack from this. Huh. Just played. Year-round. Year-round. In the middle of summer, listen to the Home Alone soundtrack. Yeah, well, it's just an instrumental thing. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, John Williams. Um, this is a John Williams soundtrack, <laughs> by the way. Like, Okay. I mean, like, John Williams in the 90s. Like, just everything. Just had well, his finger in so many pies. Well, okay, you have to think. Post like nineteen ninety, John mm -hmm. eighty nine, John Williams. No more Star Wars. Right. No more Indiana Jones. What about Jurassic Park? Uh Jurassic Park was coming. Okay. But hadn't hit yet. Mm -hmm. So he was in his like lull. He was kind of in a lull spot, and so you he he went down market for a few years <laughs> to get the bills paid, I guess. But he I mean he's still a musical genius. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say Is he the greatest composer of our time? No. Is he the most marketable composer of our time? Yes. Yes. Does yes. he make really good identifiable themes? Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And that's what that's, that's what, what movies want. You know. Uh, oh, Darth Vader's coming. How can you tell? I don't know yet, but I can tell he's coming. <laughs> that's yeah. So when did this movie come out? I have no idea. I could have looked oh. that up, but um, let me see. Macaulay Culkin was like. Not eight in this movie. He plays eight, but he's obviously way older. Mm-hmm. Because um, I have an eight-year-old to compare to, and he's... Yeah. So, he's definitely not. But it came out... 1990. November 16th, 1990. Okay, November release totally tracks, because yeah. we would have wanted the the Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, yeah. time in the theater. So, but... 
but yeah, 1990. So there mm-hmm. you are. I was 10. So yeah, no, I I was nine. So like we're right at the same age mm-hmm. as Kevin McAllister, who was eight. Right. But I mean, you know, Hollywood eight. Yeah, I think I was eight in November 1990, and I would turn nine in July 1990. Turned nine in July. Oh, I turned nine in July. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's right. So yeah, I was nine. You were nine. But anyway, um, so this is, you know, a Christmas classic Mm -hmm. in in, in my mind, like, there's kind of a lull of Christmas classic. Like, there's the really old ones. Right, that, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the creepy animatronic clay. Yeah, there's that. And, like, that, also... That whole period. Like, Miracle on 30 and 4th Street. It's There's a Wonderful Life. Like, yeah. that age. The black and whites. The black and white ones. Um, which they colorized. Don't watch those. It's weird. I've never seen Miracle on 34th Street. It's... Not bad. It's fine. I'm it's sure. Fine. It is a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you see the original black and white one, not like the seven remakes they've tried every like five years. Yeah, every remake is not as good. No. Okay. Noted. Um. But anyway, so there's those, and then there's like kind of a lull. There's a couple sneaking in in the '80s, like um, a Christmas story. Was that '80s? Yeah, I think so. Like very early '80s. Uh, but then the, there's really nothing except this movie and Elf for me from, like... Well, Elf is way later. I know. Like, that's a big jump. Like, I can't... An, I can't... A Christmas Story was 1983. Oh, yeah, there you go. You were, well, well, it was 80s. But I was, like, two. Like, I couldn't yeah, even read. It's it's definitely in the before I was really aware right. time. And then Elf is 2003. Three. Yeah, like there's a thirteen gap, thirteen year gap between Home Alone, Home Alone and, Elf. and Elf that I honestly cannot throw. Like I challenge any Christmas movie. <laughs> like there are no movies as good as those two movies in that gulf. I don't think so. I can't. I can't come up with one. If you're yeah. listening to this and you want right, to fight and you, me, on and it, you're screaming at me like, "How could you forget whatever?" This is the service we provide. The Jim like, Carrey Grinch. Guess what? It sucks. No. Yeah. Not. Not. No. I'm not dignifying that. Hey, I also disagree. Yeah. That, but, that is a great movie. Yeah. I can't think of anything. But anyway. Um, yeah. Strange. Anyway. Yeah. So I watched this movie. Uh, I, I saw it. I don't know when. When it was on TV. Like sure, with a right. million commercials. And then I remember in like. Fifth grade, so like the year after it came out, we watched this movie in fifth grade in the classroom. Awesome. How <laughs> how wild is that? So that's so those had to be pretty concurrent, because it wouldn't have been on TV until the year after, mm-hmm. until nineteen ninety one. Right. And then it would have been probably on VHS around the same time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they were like my kids do not understand the fact that they were working out how, like, VHS and, like, home video worked while I was growing up. Like, <laughs> they're, 
like they're watching people figure out streaming and it's kind of the same things like what's the windows like how soon after it's in the theater should it be available for streaming does that hurt does that help you know all, all that math mm-hmm. they were worried about the same stuff in the 90s late 80s early but 90s it had such a bigger lag yes like it was i mean i can remember it being a year between mm-hmm. things being in the theater and making it through and when they then, were available on yeah on vhs well, also, there were, like, the whole distribution channel was different because you had, like, the movies went to the big cities mm-hmm. and then, like, the next tier cities. And then, like, some of the the copies of that film would trickle down to, like, bottom tier cities and, like, the second one run theaters. And so, like, a movie would be in a theater somewhere. For, like, 16 weeks. Yeah. Easy. For, like, four, yeah, three or four months at least. Now, a movie like Home Alone... Maybe not as long. Like, it probably, the tail on that one probably cut off mid-January. Like, it's a holiday film. We're done. Right. Get something else in here. But, you know, movies would just hang out forever. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, it's a digital release. So it just released everywhere on Friday. Well, and... You, all at once. Yeah, and, then and even if it's disappears. not, it's like, if you don't see it opening night, you're not going to see it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of that is. Yeah. yeah it's very, like, they're... It's a big movie that sells out every ticket for, like, the first three days. Mm-hmm. Then it has a shot at actually having a decent second weekend. And right. And in six weeks, it'll be on, you know, Disney+. Plus. But So crazy. It is. It is a crazy thing. Kids these days, they don't have any patience for this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So This was also my first movie to expose me to Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. I think that's a lot of people's first experience with Joe Pesci. Yeah, I think it's my first experience with Joe Pesci, Which is weird, because if you're watching this, like, Joe Pesci is really the first recognizable face in this movie, because it Mm -hmm. starts with the whole chaos of Christmas, and he's trying to flag down kids to be like, are your parents home? Can I talk to your parents? And they're like, I mean, my parents are home, but they don't live here. (laughs) And so, what's funny is that, like, you know, people who are older than us, you know, Mm -hmm. that had seen... Like our parents? Like our parents who had seen any gangster movie would have recognized Joe Pesci off the bat and been like, what is that man doing in a child's movie? movie. Meanwhile, I'm looking at, like, I watched Joe Pesci movie here first, Mm -hmm. and then I see him in, like, Goodfellas, and I'm like... How did he get so competent? Like, wow. (laughs) I mean, like, this is a completely different man. Like, what is going on here? he had a real arc. Yeah. Turns out I have that backwards, but mm-hmm. you know, so Pesci, if you're listening, you do great work. Sure. Um, this is not your highlight, but honestly, it's probably your one of your like my generation. This it's is where we go. You <laughs> like this is where this is your anchor point, and every mm-hmm. other performance you do, I'm like, eh, it's not as good as this is working home alone. Yeah. But or this is way better. Or wow, he says a lot of swear words. I mean, there are some swear words in this movie. More than I remember. Yep. Yeah, indeed. Which is true. Um, but I feel that that's almost any movie that I'm like, I remember this movie from my childhood. I watched it when I was like eight. You could probably watch it. Yep. I'm like, ooh. Uh, I didn't, I don't remember this part. <sighs> yeah. Ooh, wow. But anyway, so this movie starts, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, Joe Pesci's in the lobby trying to flag down. He's dressed like a cop. Right. Trying to find out the Christmas plans from the family. Right. Just to make sure that he can protect the street and the town and all right. that. Right. He's like, I talked to your neighbors. A lot of them are going to be out of town. Like, what are your what are your plans? You know, if I see something screwy going around in your house, should I let somebody, you know, when do I come in? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, good cop stuff, right? Sure. 
I've sure. never, I've never had, had a cop do that. Okay, also... But I'm also not a well-connected, super wealthy white person in Winnetka. Yeah, I mean, Maybe so, that's how Winnetka works. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, that house, I think, just went up for sale for, like, multiple millions of oh, dollars. Oh, there's no way it's not five million. At like, least. There's no way. Detached garage, you know, round, mm-hmm. you know, approach driveway. Yeah, there's no way it's not five million dollars. Oh, yeah. Three stories, uh, creepy basement. <laughs> partially furnished attic right easily defended so, tree house <laughs> so many uh factors so many factors would just be driving the resale up on that thing mm-hmm. you know but um yeah so he's he's going around we meet up with kevin and kevin is and i want to say this the fucking worst he is the worst he is a smart ass right disrespectful yeah, little shit. He's a little shit. He really is. Um, he he starts off. He's like, he walks in on his mom who's on the phone, and he's like, "Mom, Uncle Frank won't let me watch a movie." She's like, "I'm on the phone," and he literally, like, he's like, "Hang up and make me." Like, right? Yeah, she was like, "Go away. I'll talk you know, like. I'll, I'll find ta- you later. I'll yeah. find you later. Just go away for now." And he was like, "Why don't you make me?" I was like, "Oh, I would have hung up. Like, I honestly, <laughs> I'd have been like." I would have hung up and put that kid in the attic immediately. I'm gonna need to call you back. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not putting you on mute because you could probably still hear this over the phone. I'll be back. Hang that up. Deal with this situation and come yeah, back. Yeah, no, he is the goddamn worst. Um, he was. Uh, he left his toys around and apparently his aunt almost like slipped on him. Mm-hmm. And like his dad's like, I told you not to do that. So apparently he's ignoring that. He had the glue gun out and was making Christmas ornaments out of his dad's new fishing hooks in yes. the garage. Yes. And his dad was like, my new hooks? He's like, I couldn't use the old ones. They're all covered in, like, grossness. And his dad just does not acknowledge. Does not engage. Mm-hmm. Just as like, whatever. Yeah, instead of being like, hey, I own a $5 million house. I don't care about these 75 cent fish hooks. But it's the principle of the thing. You don't take things that don't belong to you without asking. And I told you not to do that. And I told you not to do that. So, like... We we need to have some work. You need to respect other people's boundaries. But like Kevin, yeah, Kevin, yeah, I, he's, he's he's a real asshole. And then his mom's like, "Hey, you need to go pack your suitcase." And he's like, "Deer in the headlights." What suitcase? <gasps> yeah, which that fucking tracks. I mean that yes, that does that does track. I but have, like I what? Have okay, okay. Uh, as a parent of many eight year olds over the years, uh, and one in particular currently, yes. Would I trust my eight-year-old to pack for themselves for a, like, multiple-week vacation in France? Trust but verify. Yes. Like, you better believe I will go through their suitcase and be like, how many days are we going to be gone? And they're like, 17! And how many pairs of underwear do you have? Two! Mm -hmm. Like, it's not enough. (laughs) So Kevin's going around asking his siblings and or cousins, I don't know who, mm-hmm. for help. And they're all just like, fuck off. It's very confusing who's their siblings and who are cousins. There's not a strong family resemblance. No, it's just all, it's a motley crew of uh, children. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to know who's who. You do get the impression, of course, Buzz is his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the brown hair girls he talks with is a sister. Yeah. And the redheaded kid is... A brother. Is it a brother? And is there another sister? Do they have there like five kids? There is another sister. Kids? I think there's five of them, which is why they live in that ginormous house. Right. Also because flexing money. Right. 
because that's what you do. <laughs> that's why you Whatever have kids. Kevin's dad does, <laughs> he's doing it well enough. I think he's a day trader. I think he's a drug dealer. I mean, tomato, tomato. Fair enough. Um, but Kevin ends up, like, finding out he's going to have to sleep with Fuller from yeah. his sister. Fuller is a cousin. And if he drinks anything, he'll wet the bed. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to do that. He's going around. He's asking Buzz if bu- he can sleep in Buzz's room that night. Right. Uh, Buzz's answer is... I wouldn't let you sleep in my room uh, if you were growing on my ass. Which is... I got a lot of things done back. Yeah, like, one, great burn. Fantastic. But two, <laughs> like, all of these children are fucking terrible. <laughs> yes, the impression I get, like, you don't talk to the girls as much, although they are mm-hmm. around, but they're not really doing lines or anything. Um, but Buzz and Kevin are just assholes. Like, truly, like, psychopaths. Yeah, like... like yeah. Way, way, way more than the occasional, like, sibling uh, spat. It is it is 2-11. Yeah, and indeed. And again, you know, there's a lot of things about, you know, written about the parenting of these parents and how it's not the worst that they left the kid. Like, mm-hmm. how did this happen? Like, the math actually kind of works out, and the movie does a really good job of explaining how they lost track of a child. Right. But I'm going to say, these parents are fucking up. <laughs> Well before way, the camera way, got way here. Way before, uh, yeah, they they lost a kid. Right. So Buzz isn't going to let him sleep in his room, but they hear somebody shoveling outside. Mm-hmm. Old man Marley. Old man Marley. And Buzz has to take this moment to scare Kevin. Right. To tell him that he's a serial killer and something about the salt. <laughs> yeah. He's, he keeps his victims in that big trash can of salt he carries around and spreads on a driveway. Right. And Kevin's sufficiently scared right because he's you know an eight-year-old kid right you can you can scare an eight-year-old anything also buzz is a sociopath yes so yes so then um the pizza delivery guy shows up first time this whole time the cop is still trying to get someone to talk to him yeah because he hasn't managed to find a parent so first off there are kids going up and down around this house all the time like i think the same person ran past them like four times so no parents are actually moving towards the front door or across mm. the front door or up the stairs or anything. Like, where are the... Where are the parents? Doing lines in the bathroom. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I mean... And then someone said, there's a cop at the front door, and the reaction wasn't immediately go see what the cop wanted. The immediate reaction was, oh shit, we gotta hide this. Right. Right. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm sure all all of our children will buy us sometime. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They know not to narc on me. Right. It's part of the family code. Yeah, you you like this neighborhood? You like this house? You like Mm -hmm. having your own room? You like not not having me up in your shit because... Right. You got shit on me? Let's let's make it work. Yes, indeed. So that's that's why they're like, are your parents home? Sure. Do they live here? No. (laughs) But the pizza guy does not go to the statue for the first time. Yes. That's going to be a running gag. It is a running gag of everybody knocking over the statue. I mean, actually, as far as running gags go... It's not a bad running gag. So the nice thing about it, um, from a technical point of view, they knock it over once while with a moving car, and then every other car, like, you're going to see it knocked over and they put it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Which makes life a lot easier because then you don't actually have to film a moving vehicle yes. to communicate this car just got here. 
And so, like, that makes yeah, everything... Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad gag. No. So, pizza guy gets here, and he goes up to the cop, and he's like, that'll be $122. <laughs> and the cop is like, I don't live here. <laughs> and the pizza guy's like, what the hell are you doing here, then? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Uncle Frank comes up, takes the pizza, and he's like, my brother will pay you. I'm like, you don't let go of pizza until you mm-hmm. are eye contact with the person that's paying you. Right. I have, right. I have ordered multiple hundred dollars worth of pizzas. You have. You have. Um, This is, I mean, volunteering with a lot of different groups and organizations. With kids and, yeah. You're like, okay, so. I got, many, 50, I got 50 people. I got 50 people. <laughs> Let me see. So that's about. You took a whole, like, little mini course in pizza math. I have the spreadsheet somewhere (laughs) where you're like, you enter the diameter of the pizzas. Mm -hmm. These were 16-inch large pizzas. 16-inch large pizzas. You enter the number of people that you have. Mm -hmm. And so the the catch is people eat square inches of pizza, not necessarily slices Slices of pizza. pizza. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, you know, if you have a 10-inch pizza, people, like, People eat all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you have, like, a 16-inch pizza, that's not... That's more than twice as much pizza as a 10-inch pizza. It is. Pizza math. Pi R square, man. It's crazy. It is wild. Can we talk about how much fucking pizza this is? So. There are 10 large 16-inch pizzas. So that's. There are 15 people. Uh, There's 11 kids, 4 adults. So That's 15. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, like, that's also part of the math. Yeah, like, there's, it's 15 people, and more than half of them are kids. And only, like, four are teenagers. Yeah, well, that's true. So, like, if you're if you're teenage boy pizza math, also... Teenage gets, boy pizza math. I would say there's two teenage boys. Yeah, there's, like, two teenage boys, but there's also, like, three, te- three or four teenage girls who are on their own turf. Yes, teenage girl pizza math is also... It's, it's also wild. Wild. Are you... Are there boys around... Because the, yeah, but they they're like less. all family boys. But they're all family boys, so nobody so cares. Okay. So yeah. they'll they'll actually eat until they're full, which is good for you, lady. Like, yes, till they're satisfied. Till they're satisfied, uh, and yeah, they only get one cheese pizza, which is a party foul right there. Right, you're what getting is ten wrong pizzas, with you? Like honestly, uh, between a third and a half of them should be cheese. Yes, because you know what. Nobody won't eat cheese. Nobody won't eat cheese. Vegetarians will eat cheese. And it's not maybe your first pick through the line. You're going to go for the veggie. You're going to go for the meat lovers. You're going to just go for pepperoni. Right. Are you going to get the one with olives and shit? Yeah. But, you know, people, you know, when you get the one you want and then you circle back around... And only cheese is left, but you're still hungry. You will eat the cheese pizza. So, like, go heavy on cheese pizza. That's my thing. Here's my thing. All right. Okay. If you're getting four pizzas, two pepperoni, two cheese. Yes. Any other, uh, under four pizzas, half cheese, half pepperoni. And we're done. It's fine. Unless you particularly know the audience, in which case, get the special one that, you know, replace one of the pepperonis with the special one that everybody likes. Okay. So if you like, if you know the audience likes meat lovers, Mm -hmm. get a meaty one. After that, between half and a third should be cheese. Mm-hmm. And between half and a third should be pizza. So every should time, be pepperoni. should be pepperoni. Yes, pepperoni. So every time you add after four, basically you have the opportunity to introduce another, or not. Yeah, another uh, sector. Another thing. You can get the sausage. You can get the Hawaiian. You can actually. I'll come back to that. You get the sausage. <laughs> you get the meat lovers. You get the veggies. Like you start kind of padding out that third, and it kind of grows as you get more. 
or it doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. it, you can have however many cheeses and pepperonis in there you want, but, like, no more than a third should be funky and weird. Mm-hmm. Do not get a Hawaiian pizza until you've got at least 10 other pizzas. Because mm-hmm. if you're feeding 11 pizzas worth of people... Yes. The Hawaiian... There's enough people that will try that will- or like... Hawaiian pizza I, to go for it. I don't mind Hawaiian pizza. I would right. never eat a whole, like, I would never eat only Hawaiian pizza no. on my plate. I would be like, oh, I'll have a Hawaiian and a cheese and a meat lovers. Okay, now I'm done. Well, by 10 pizzas, <laughs> you're probably talking at least 30 to 40 people, mm-hmm. depending on the diameter of said pizzas. Uh, and you should be getting the big pizzas at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're you're talking a lot of people. And you'll probably have 10 to 12 slices of Hawaiian pizza, depending how they cut it. You probably have one person who, like, Hawaiian pizza, awesome, I never get this, is going to grab two slices. Right. You have one person who's like, I've always wanted to try it. Yeah. Go grab a slice. Maybe another one. And then, you know, maybe a couple others. Like, you'll at least have half that pizza gone. So they ordered so much pizza. I feel like it's a lot of pizza. So 14 pizza, yeah, I do. Yeah, 10 pizzas. For 14 people. For yeah, for 15 people, half of which are children. Yeah, 16 inches. Yeah. Which they comment on. So, yeah. That's a lot of pizza. That's a lot of pizza for them to be leaving the country the next morning. Yes. Like, I understand the sweet, sweet joy that is leftover pizza for breakfast, and I'm here for it, but, like, that I'm couldn't on. have been their plan if they had to leave at 8 in the morning. Or it was, because Maybe then you was. can just be like, grab a, a piece of pizza, pizza, let's go. Let's go. Pizza for breakfast? Wow, Mom, that's awesome. I know, right? Vacation Mom's the best. (laughs) So, um... Maybe. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was part of their plan. But during the whole, um, pizza thing, Kevin gets to the room late because he was packing, apparently. Mm -hmm. Buzz is there, has eaten all the cheese pizza. Has eaten an entire cheese pizza by himself. I think other kids maybe have helped, but he has definitely done the lion's share. Mm -hmm. And only to piss off Kevin. Oh, yeah. That's the whole flex there. Um, he starts faking like he's going to throw up, or maybe he is going to throw up. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, he's a teenage boy. They're they're disgusting. Yeah. And Kevin tackles him, knocks over milk. Why are they drinking milk with pizza? These people are monsters. Agreed. Root beer is the preferred beverage with pizza. Right. I, Actual I will, beer, right. also I, good. Fine. I will see you at Pepsi if, like, desperate times. Or but, sponsorship. Or sponsorship. But, like, milk? No. With pizza? Gag me. Oh, so, <laughs> so gross. I mean, oh, did they not have Were, those little things? Did you grow up in a house where you had milk at dinner? No, my whole family is lactose intolerant. So Same. Like, my, my family is not lactose intolerant. We were just poor. And my, and my mom was like, you better not fucking drink all that milk. <laughs> That's the milk for the week. That's the milk for the week. We need it for cereal. So. Yeah, you each get one glass of milk the week. All right, so the first thing that happens, and this is plot important, is when it gets spilled, they mop it all up, but they grab Kevin's ticket and you throw it in the trash because it gets caught in the napkins. Right, so their plane tickets are just out on the counter. In a nice festive fan. In a ni- nice festive fan. By the right, milk. Right next to fucking goblets of milk. <laughs> Again, parenting. With their pizza. You're doing it wrong. And <laughs> they're real, real, real upset that uh, someone spilled. And it... Now, 
I would be more mad about the roughhousing than the spill. Like, spills happen, whatever. Kids are kids. Like... But like you were roughhousing, you were roughhousing, like you, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's that, that that's Uncle Frank's um, position, mm-hmm. which is look what you did, you little jerk. What you did, you little jerk. So yeah, uh, Frank's got issues. Mister McAllister, I don't know his first name. It is not important. Uh, Mister McAllister, Kevin's dad, scoops up all the tickets and manages to throw out only Kevin's ticket. Yeah, no one else's. So that's like the first plot important thing that. Mm-hmm. Whenever they get to the airport and somebody's counting, you know, they're counting tickets and people, the gate agents counting tickets and people, she they, comes up with the right number of tickets to people. Right. And so she's fine. She's satisfied. She doesn't go, hey, I've got an extra ticket. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, wait, what? Right. Right. What to stop them from getting on the plane. Right. So that's part of that. Miss McAllister grabs Kevin, takes him out of the room. Finally interacts with with Pesci at the door. And the, and the pizza delivery guy. And the pizza delivery guy. And pays the pizza guy off. Talks right. to Pesci. He's like, yeah, we're fine. We're just leaving for Paris in the morning. Hopefully. I got to go deal with this guy. Like, I'll see you in a minute. And I'll see you in a minute. He's like, I can see myself out. Yeah, you got the info so he needed. So the story is that her husband's brother lives in Paris. Right. But... And their kids live in Paris, and the wife lives in Paris. No, just the brother. I think the wife is in Paris because mm-hmm. we don't see her on the plane, right? Because there's only four adults. We don't see her until um, they're in Paris at one point, and Frank's raiding the bridge, and she mm-hmm. says, "That's her later." Yeah. Um. Then Frank ignores him because he's an ass, right? But so, but there is a moment where. Joe Pesci's trying to flag down kids to ask what's going on, and this girl's like, he's like, do you, are, do you, are your parents home? And she's like, probably. Do they live here? No, they live in Paris. So, like, yeah, his, so their his, kids are so here, his, at least one of them. Yeah, so he, he took a job in Paris, brought mm-hmm. his wife. But his kids are still in school here. Maybe. Something like that. So, they have some kind of nanny? Or, maybe or they, they go to boarding school. Oh. Or, oh, they're rich white people. Boarding school, of course. That's totally tracks. That are their wizards. Yes. Okay. So they probably go to boarding school. And they finished their semester out of boarding school. And then they're going to... And then they're going to... Go for Christmas to go Paris. Go for Christmas to Paris with their uncle and aunt and other uncle and aunt. And then just stay in Paris with their parents. Or maybe they'll come back and go to boarding or school Or maybe they'll the come back and go back to boarding school. I don't know. School. I don't know their business. Right. But they're there now. I mean, 1990 was was a time when a kid could just get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, well, the other thing is, like, you could just, if you had a kid that you need to get on a plane. You could walk him to the plane. You could, you could, them could get him plane. in their seat. You yeah. could buckle him in and you could kiss Turn him around and be and walk like, off bye. Out. Yeah. And then, like, all you have to do is walk out of this thing and grandma will be right there. Yeah, exactly. At the gate with a sign, mm-hmm. like, hi, and like... Yeah, wild, yeah, a wild time. It was wild. We let that happen all For the time. For years. <laughs> well, yes. And like, I mean, this was, again, we're trying to explain to our kids, like, airports used to just be like malls with planes. Yes, they did. You could just go and hang out at an airport. Yeah, and 
I mean, now it's such a weird, like, security place mm-hmm. that, like, they can charge $8 for a bottle of water because... Because you can't You can't bring leave, water. You can't get in. Like, it's a, like, nightmare. <sighs> I will say, I do love a, I do love an airport bar. Oh. Gosh, yes. I'm a, I am here for an On airport bar. On a layover? Bar. Yes. Ten... It doesn't matter. Ten in the fucking morning, I don't care. The wine but... bar in Charlotte. Can we discuss? <laughs> wine bar in Charlotte? Have you been to the wine bar in Charlotte? Everybody on the eastern seaboard has been to it's the wine bar in Charlotte. a great wine bar. <laughs> it's fantastic. It does well. It just is... It's solid. Also, the Charlotte airport is a wagon wheel. Right. So there's no part of the... Uh, you're not more than 10 minutes you're from not any ten, gate. Yeah, you're not more than 10 minutes from any gate, so you have more time. To There's also a really good Mexican bar. joint in there, like a Mexican mm-hmm. and burger joint, and like, it's I great. I wonder if that's the airport that has a cereal bar. I definitely went to an airport that had a cereal bar. <laughs> I think that might be Denver. <laughs> I, I haven't been to Denver in a okay. bit. Maybe. I used to travel a lot more. Well, I mean, like, I literally <laughs> haven't left the state in, like, oh, months. Yeah, it's been a bit. So, but, but yes, uh, and later, when we go to airports again, I'll have to figure out which airport had a cereal bar. <laughs> if any of them survive. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but anyway, so Kevin gets taken upstairs mm-hmm. by his mom, and his mom is then like, okay, you... You have to sleep in the attic. You have to sleep in the attic. Does he not have a room? He I lives... Guess, well, okay. He lives here. Yeah. Haven't you had your aunt and uncle, like, sleep in your room and you get booted to, like... Some tertiary room? I guess not. You had to, like, sleep in an office or, like, with no, because with I your had, sisters? <laughs> so I had the bunk beds in my room. Mm-hmm. So when Grandma and Grandpa would come, they would get my sister's room, who had the, like, the full-size the full bed, bed. Yeah. And then she would have to sleep on my top bunk. Right. So, like, I guess I get that. But, like, yeah, everybody's so, shifting like, around. So, like, his aunt and uncle are probably in his room. Right. Also, we never see his room. We'll see his parents' room. We'll see no. Buzz's room. We don't see any of the other siblings' room or Kevin's room. No, Kevin never goes back into his room. Weird. It is weird when you think about it. Yeah, that is a little weird. So he gets upstairs, um, and he's really mouthy to his mom. So mouthy. And he's like, "I hope I never see you again. I I would want to. I, I I wish I never saw any of you again." She's like, "I hope you don't mean that." Like she doesn't actually engage with the actual shit this kid is talking. Right. She's just like, "Oh, I'm personally offended, but like, right, I hope whatever." You don't mean that you'd be very sad if you woke up and all of us were gone. It's like, and he was like, "I don't think so." Turns out. Yeah, and she was like, don't let the door hit you. Like, I don't I don't want to deal with you and your bullshit. Like, go away. Yeah. So she locks him upstairs. Um, that night, big windstorm hits. Power they lose up. power. Which, you know, that does track. Except mm-hmm. Chicago. Oh, Chicago loses power. A yeah, but amount. like, it, not it depends. the nice okay. parts. It depends what part. It depends on how old and fancy your house is. Uh, or versus how fancy. new and fancy your house is. And if you have electric uh, dug underground or if you have electric overhead. They are overhead. If you have electric overhead, you fucking lose power a lot. Okay, so there you go. Because <laughs> like any tree, any, you know. So the airport van shows up. This is the second time the thing gets knocked over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready and... to uh, take him to the airport. Yep. And so... They're frantically running around. They're like, oh shit, we all slept in. Right. A house of 15 people. No. 
What several of them are small children under a house 10. Of, a house of 15 people, seven, several of them are small children under 10. All of them slept. They were supposed to leave at 8 o'clock. All of them slept till 8 o'clock. Bullshit. Nope. Nobody is up eating Pop-Tarts in their underwear and watching cartoons. Bullshit. <laughs> Absolute. I believe, I believe every parent slept in and then they're like, oh, fuck. But like... Even the teenagers. Yeah. But they, uh... So they, there's a frantic runaround. So this is also part of it is that Kevin was supposed to be sleeping with Fuller, but they found a different spot for Fuller. So Kevin is the only one in the attic. So he's out himself. of the flow of the of conversation. Traffic. Yeah. And so he can kind of be up there by himself. Granted, I figure mom and dad are literally running through the house screaming, get up and get your ass outside. <laughs> right. Like, right. I figure that's just part it's, of It's a very frantic, frantic yeah. thing. Many swears would be uttered. Yes. Uh, but then the kid across the street comes over and he's bugging the drivers. Mm-hmm. Which is important because in a few minutes, all the kids are lined up in front. He's turned around rooting through other people's bags. Rooting through other fuck This whole neighborhood. Who the fuck is this kid? This whole neighborhood is nothing but miscreants. Mm -hmm. Kevin is an asshole. Buzz is an asshole. This next door neighbor is an asshole. Like, rich white people do better. Yeah, but when the one girl is counting heads, she she counts counts 11 kids, including the neighbor, who is a boy about Kevin's size. Wearing a hat. Turned around the coat. other way. It's yeah. like, I'm not messing with you. I just I see you fine. They then divide. And mm-hmm. this is another important thing. There's nine, 11 kids. Yeah, nine in one van. And, nine in the other. And eight in the other. Well, well, they think, okay, so there's five kids and two adults in each van. But each van thinks the other van has six kids and yes. two adults. yes. So, you know, the fact that we only have five in our van is fine. Mm-hmm. Isn't, there's no red flags there. There's no red flag. You know, if there were like four, you'd be like, that's guys, weird. Yeah. Why do we end up with, I mean, I'm not going to argue the fact that we have the emptier van. Mm-hmm. That works to my advantage. Cool. Let's drive. Right, I'm not going to bring it up. But you would also kind of look at the other side and be like, are there enough kids getting out of that van? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be concerned. But like, right. nobody thinks about it. They take off tearing ass through the Because oh, they're going to be hair. late. So they're not doing a head count at the airport. Like I said, they hand the tickets to the lady at the gate. She counts the tickets. She comes up with her number. Doesn't really confirm it back to anybody. Because right. why She's would like, Great. she? She's like, great. Let's go. The numbers match. Move on. Get in your seats as quick as possible. And we're off. Mm-hmm. Without Kevin. Without Kevin. Who just wakes up alone in his house. Kevin sleeps like 10 o'clock. Maybe. With, like, a lot of ruckus downstairs. I feel he's... Maybe he's just a late sleeper. Yeah, maybe he's a really tight late sleeper. Maybe he's just like, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> maybe he heard them and just, like, roll over. <laughs> yeah. He started to wander around. He's wide-eyed, like, wait a minute. Okay, so there should be a lot of leftover pizza. Kevin should be fine. You should be fine. For, but... like, a bit. Uh, the parents are on the plane, and they're kind of, like, intercut. First off, are they guilty? They're, you know, the mom's like, do you feel guilty sitting up here in first class with all the kids in the back? Again, a moment where they're separated from their kids, so they don't notice the fact. Would you let our eight-year-old sit next to a stranger and then hang out in first class? Yes. Yeah? I mean, yeah? does that make me a bad parent? <laughs> 
does. I think it makes you certainly a bad, uh, a bad traveler. Like, I feel like the person your eight-year-old sits next to I mean, will not think that they are so charming. If you met my eight-year-old, he's actually kind of he's pretty very charming. charming. He's charming as fuck. He would not be as mouthy as Kevin. No, he wouldn't be as mouthy as Kevin. But also, but if like, I had Kevin, I would totally leave his ass in the back of the plane and go sit up the front and drink I mimosas. Put, I, I would put his ass in, like... Cargo? Yeah. Like, check him like a pet? 100%. He's my emotional support child. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so you also get like a really good tour. They are, they're intercutting between the parents and mm-hmm. Kevin. You get a really good tour as Kevin is like wandering around the house trying to find people. Right. He goes into the creepy basement. And just functionally from a movie perspective, you see the different levels of the house. You get a sense of the layout where rooms connect to rooms. Mm-hmm. You also go down to the basement and see all the equipment he's going to use through the West rest of this movie. Right. It's Chekhov's mannequins. <laughs> Yeah, and ironing paint, and paint cans and tar iron and, and tar and fucking like uh, roofing nails, roofing nails, rope. And, yeah, like all the stuff that he's going to use is all just strewn about. Like you just kind of see it in a panning shot. Yeah, artfully laid out in this panning shot. So um, he uh, even runs around and he sees like the cars out of the garage. So the cars are in the garage. The doors are open. But the doors are open. Okay, why the fuck are the doors open on the garage? Because they forgot to close them. Why weren't they closed all night? Because they forgot to close them. I, also, like, the cars don't actually even really fit in the garage. They're, like, hanging ass <laughs> out of this garage. <laughs> yeah, like, they're not, they're not, they're not backed up tight. Like, they are definitely like, mm, I don't know if that garage will close. No, it's weird. Well, and then there's, like, maybe they purposely left... The garage door open with the cars in it, so people be like, "Oh, there's somebody home." Maybe, maybe. But then they were freaking out about it because. The but next- if you didn't have anything in your in your garage worth uh, saving, yeah. then sure. But like, this is the moment where Kevin realizes his family is legit disappeared, and he's like, "I made my family disappear." Because that was his wish. He really wanted his family to disappear. I made my family disappear, and he starts raiding the house. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets yeah. Buzz's BB gun. Yes. Uh, he eats ice cream for, like, breakfast. Sure. He watches gangster movies. He's like, I'm eating ice cream and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. Yeah. Um, and then, like, this is where you're back on the plane and the mom, like, wakes up. She's like, we forgot something. And the dad's like, I'm sure it's not important. Which is such a dad. Oh, so, so gaslighty and dismissive. <laughs> yeah. Not great. <laughs> not a great look, dude. Uh, and he, he's like... She's like, did you lock up? He's like, yeah, I did the lock up, which we've had that discussion. Mm-hmm. Like, did you lock up? Oh, and like, uh, I do appreciate, like, you see him, like, move his eyes around. Of, like, like, doing the mental of, I, I locked the back door. Did I lock the basement door? Like. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the mental geography of his house. And he's like, yeah, I think I locked up. I got everything, I think. Did you close the garage door? I did not. We left the garage doors open. That's what it that is. That must be it. That She's must like, be what you're, what's bothering you. No, that's not it. And then she immediately goes, Kevin! I'm like, how did you do that math from that chair? I think she fast? just was like, who didn't I see? I guess maybe. She was like, I saw Buzz, because he's fucking terrible. I saw my makes, two girls. And he makes his presence known. That like, like curly perm swoop. 
Yeah, girls. like I noticed this person and this person. The tall redheads but here. Also, like none of the. I understand that they're separated from their parents, but were all the other cousins like, at least they don't have to cousin, like, whew. I think, like, <laughs> legit that might have like, been Like, I'm a sure they noticed, and they just were like, I'm not going to say anything because I'll have to sit next to Kevin. Yeah, nobody was, like, looking out for Kevin because Kevin is Because Kevin's terrible. So then she's like, Kevin! And, yeah. So she realizes in the air, halfway to Paris, that she forgot her son. And then there's the insert of Kevin sledding down the stairs, which our kids were immediately like, yeah, that doesn't work that way. You shouldn't do that. That's a horrible plan. <laughs> you should also shouldn't slide down our stairs. We have a ranch. We have a basement. We do have a ranch with a basement. So, like, sliding down our stairs would just take you down to the basement mm -hmm. and probably not gracefully. So, yeah. I appreciate that they all were like, yeah, yeah, our basement stairs wouldn't work for this because you just land on the concrete price matcher for raisin. Although, I do know... Someone who, from their back porch, they have yeah. two sets of stairs, and they made a sledding ramp on one set of stairs, and then just stairs on the other set of stairs. Like, they just Dug shoveled. out the stairs. They just dug out the stairs on the one side and put all of it packed, packed down really, really good on the other side of stairs. And their kids just ran up the stairs, slid down, <laughs> slid down the ramp for fucking, like, nine hours. Oh my gosh. Whenever... And the dad was like, it was the best two hours. Like... Best two hours, it. like, of my life that I've ever... It wasn't even two hours. It's like, it probably took me 45 minutes to set up. It was well worth it. Okay, so I have a new fucking thing I'm doing with our base... Like, whatever we do, we do our deck, which yeah. is coming. Double stairs. Double stairs. We'll do it. And then, yeah, I can make that work. Oh, that'd be fucking awesome. Because <laughs> they just run up the stairs and... And then my kids down. are exhausted at the end of the day. Right, and you don't have to take the sledding. Indeed. The next door neighbor can come over. It'd be great. Win. So, um, we we cut back to the plane. The mom is going like, "What kind of mother am I?" I'm like, "We already established you're by terrible. the fact that your your kids your are kids shitheads. Are, your kids are terrible." But I mean, sometimes kids are just shitty, and it's not your fault. Truth. Sometimes you just happen to give birth to you know sociopaths that sociopaths. are chemically imbalanced yeah. that you'll like treat later in life but like you right. just gotta get through age but in the 90s we didn't know we didn't know all about all this stuff sure so um she's kind of terrible but anyway <laughs> uh so then we cut to the robbers so mm -hmm. we're gonna have like kind of three parallel stories from here on out we right, have kevin kevin we have his mom and we have the robbers the bandits mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them uh harry and marv Harry and Marvin. Yep. They're checking out the houses. Harry has somehow managed to figure out the exact time all of these houses' timers will turn on. Right. Just by watching. Just by observing. Just by monitoring. He, he was knows. like, they're at 6. They're at 6 at 1. They're like at 6.15. Yeah. So like, none of these people are home. And they, he's predicting, and he's like, and that house, the McAllister house, that is the silver tuna. Right, it's the golden Whatever. jewel in my crown. Like, this is why I got into the business of robbing <laughs> shit. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, telling your kids. Like, years from now, he drives by, he's got his children in the car, and he's like, see that house right there? Yeah. That's the house that made me start robbing houses. Yeah. That's why you guys got to go to college. Right. That house right there. That house. I pulled 12 VCRs out of that house. <laughs> so many VCRs. Kevin's dad was a drug addict. Yeah, if you are ever with people and you, like, w need to gauge 
uh, how rich they were, just ask them, like, how many toilets they grew up with. And if the answer is, like, 14, then you know. Then you know. We had uh, three. Mm -hmm. I think that's a relatively respectable number. Yeah, I think I had two in one house. And two. I had two two in both houses. We have two currently. So, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids are coming up modest. My mother grew up with, like, one. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah. My grandma grew up in, like, the first house with indoor plumbing in her hole. Like county. <laughs> like county. <laughs> and they were baller shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, so the robbers are checking it out. Kevin is asleep in his house. He's mm-hmm. passed out from, like, sugar coma, probably, is yeah. my assumption. Yeah, because you see on the stove, on the, for the reason he puts all the stuff on the stove, oh. and there's, like, melted ice cream and, like, marshmallows and, like, and candy, yeah. like, all on the stove. It would take, I mean, on the counter is one thing, on the stove. It's going to get in all the oh. nooks and crannies. Yeah, it, it was a gas stove. It wasn't, like, a, you know, like a glass block. Which is uh, also weird because they have a glass block stove as well. As they have two stoves. That well, at least like you see it in the pizza scene. There's a glass top stove with a kettle on it, mm-hmm. and then so it's like either halogen or induction or something. Maybe. Probably halogen at the time because. Though I mean, if they're big and fancy enough, they probably have two ovens where they have a convection oven. And a regular oven. But then, yeah, you do see the. But like, I guess they have like two top. ranges. Which is weird. Which is a lot of ranges. I mean, they're prepped. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but Kevin sees them coming uh, and, like, just kind of turns on all the lights. And that's enough to freak him out that first time. Right. And get him to leave. This is going to be an escalation. But this is the first shot. At no point does Kevin think, oh, shit. I'm home alone. Mm. I am a fucking child. I should call the cops. So they do They do lampshade that early on where... The phone lines went The phone out. lines are down. It's going to take a few days. So he doesn't have a phone in the house. Mm-hmm. Which is also why his mom can't just call him and be like, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, you're there. Fan-fucking-tastic. Stay where you are. Like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so go over to my desk. There's the call list from mm-hmm. your school when we're supposed to call whenever there's like the phone tree. Right. Because this is the 90s. That's how you found yeah, out. Yeah, you did have counsel. a phone tree. Like the phone tree. Find Mrs. Johnston. Right. Call them. Call her and tell her you're home alone. She's going to, she, she'll, she'll come pick you up. Mm-hmm. Or like, read me her number. Yeah, or something. And I'll explain to her what's going on. Yeah. And she'll come yeah, get so you. They, they, the no. phone lines were like iffy. Yeah, right. iffy. So, um, meanwhile, back in Paris, they're they are trying to call home, but the phones are out. But, right. Um, so they get to Paris, and as soon as they get to Paris, they're like, "We got to figure this out." They can't raise anyone from home. They can't even some somebody's fucking assistant. Like, some, somebody, they are a rich, well-connected family. So, okay, first off, again, assuming that Kevin's dad can take off the entire Christmas holiday, nobody's at work. So, like, how many, I mean, pre-corona. Yeah, pre-corona. How many work phone numbers, you know, how many of your friends do you have, or your coworkers do you have their home number? 
I have cell numbers of probably 10. Yeah, but even like pre-corona, how many did you have? Still 10. Really? Yeah. Oh. I make it a point to get people's numbers. Yeah. And then when people are like, hey, how do I contact this person? I'm well, like, assume, oh, I have their number. Assume you were running, I don't know, a small drug empire. Right, 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 right. That's different. Different, different, different. Like, you don't want them to get to you. They probably don't want you to get right. to them. Like, it's that's a, just it's professional. Like a, yeah, it's like a don't ask, don't tell thing. Also, pre-cell phones. Pre-cell phones. So, like, giving someone your home number is like a step. Yeah, it's like telling people your last name now. I mean, all my coworkers know my last name? Yes, they do. But, like, if you go on a first date with someone, like a rando from Tinder, you just, you just start with first names. Really? Yes! Because as soon as they know your last name, they can Google you. How do you know about this? I, it, I feel like this is common knowledge. I, know. I, <laughs> I haven't been on any Tinder dates. I, I but... know nothing about Tinder. <laughs> Other than that, it exists, but and occasionally like, funny things come out as memes. Yeah, I feel I feel like you start with first names. Yeah, maybe. And then, like... I do know, like... There's the step People of younger names. than me that, like, their Facebook names are not at all their real names. No, I'll, almost everyone I know who's, like, 20 and younger, their Facebook names are all, like, Adeline. And you're like... That's not your name. What? Yeah, like, your name's Emily. And you're like, I know, but Adeline was my favorite, like... That's my online. No, that's my online name. And then you're like, whenever you make a good friend in IRL, in mm-hmm. real life. In real word, life. You tell them, hey, my real life, hey, my online name is this, and you can connect it to that. Mm-hmm. But, like, don't tag me. Because my mom. So much detagging. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. Um, where were we? We were talking about not being able to call anybody. Yes. Okay. So we could, he could, but it doesn't occur to him to call the police. He, he isn't like, oh, I should call the police. And he picks up the phone and it's like dead. Like right. it doesn't seem like it occurred because he didn't know the phone went out. Right. He was asleep. Right. When the I whole power phone went out. It just doesn't occur so to like him. like it would. It, I he, think Kevin's on a power trip. Kevin's fucking psychotic. Right. So, um. But Kevin does this whole thing where, like, he had scared off the the bandits. So he's like, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. And he just, like, starts yelling, I'm not afraid anymore. Walks outside, sees the sco- the shovel guy, and is like, fuck. He's like, never mind, I'm afraid. <laughs> Runs back inside, hides him in the bed. So he sees that guy. He's hiding under the bed. He's just been, like, accosted by the bandits. And Maybe. finally, uh, Kevin's mom thinks to call the police in their hometown, which I can get. Like, I would, if I had forgotten our kids, I would totally call our next-door neighbors first and be like, hey, can you, like, go... Can you go over? Like, I'll be home in, like, two hours, but can you go over and make sure everything's okay? Like, if you can mm-hmm. bring them in and just let them play video games with your kid. Right, like, can you stay at your house for a little bit till we figure some stuff out? Like, like it'll I'd be fine. rather him just be... I'd rather handle it between the two houses and then, like, have to come hat in hand to our next-door neighbors and be like... Turns out I'm an asshole and a <laughs> shitty parent. Right. But like, like here's a here's a gift card to uh, go out. You to know, dinner. Let's never speak of this yeah. again. Din- dinner's on me. Like, here's some very nice bourbon. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Please don't call CPS on me. Right. Like, we're good. But like, eventually the mom does call the cops and is like, mm-hmm. "Listen, can you go over and check on my kid?" They send cops over to check on the kid. They send one cop. I think it's two, but yeah, like, but immediately like a car. after the um, 
the robbers came. Yeah. So he's like, fuck, I'm not answering the door. No like, shit. No. Also, what did your parents teach you about being home alone in the late 80s, early 90s? Don't open the door. Do not open the door. Do not acknowledge the door. Pretend no one's home. Yeah. That's the safest thing to do. Yeah. He's doing exactly what we were all trained to do. He's also hiding under the bed, which is a little more than I was trained to do, but I mean, it right. applies. Right. So the cops are like, yeah, there's nobody here. It's probably some punk kids. Like, boo. So. Meanwhile, dad is trying to get tickets back. Yes. No dice. Earliest they can get back is Friday morning. It's Friday. I have no idea what day of the week this is. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's too long. Mom is like, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to stay at the airport. I'm going to, like, just bug the shit out of these people until somebody sends me back to the United States somewhere. And right. then from there, I'll try to hop my way back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Chicago's a hub. It shouldn't be too bad. It shouldn't be too bad. Ha- shouldn't be too bad. She can probably figure it out. You know, if somebody cancels, she can play standby and just get there. Yeah. What And traveling with one person is yeah. way easier than traveling with 15 people. So you guys go to your brother's, hang out with him, see him. I'll try to unfuck this situation my way. Right. It's a solid plan, actually. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a terrible plan. So uh, we come back to the house. Because also they have other children. Yeah. They can't just, like, both try to go back. No. So, like, yeah, they've got to they've got to do what's best for the most. And right. this is the plan. So uh, we flash back to the house. Kevin's taking a nice bath. Mm-hmm. He's talking to himself about washing all the important crevices. Oh, boy. Does Kevin talk to himself a lot? He sure does. I mean, I feel like our he kids do, too. sure does. They do. <laughs> Um, you feel like our kids talk to themselves a lot? Yeah. I feel like our kids talk to each other and the others don't listen. Yeah, but like if they're just, there's just not another person there, they just don't not they talk. Like, they sing songs and uh, like dance and dance around, but I don't know that they like things. talk to themselves as much. They'll like make up a song about whatever they're doing more than they will like narrate their. Uh, Fair enough. But Kevin's narrating, uh, talks about all of the things he's cleaned and done, and then he splashes aftershave on his face and screams into the mirror in that, like, two hands to your face home alone scene. Iconic. Iconic. Which was ad-libbed. Yeah, Uh, it was. Because Macaulay Culkin is, like, low-key a genius. Okay, so I'm going to call something here. (laughs) That's, That's bullshit. Yeah? Because it happens twice in this movie. It does. The first time it happened, it was ad-libbed. But, like, the second time, they're just like... They're well, like, actually, again. actually, that was great. I mean, Do like, that. The thing about jokes is they're only funny... The like, first time. The first time, so, like... Surprise makes it funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, one of those is scripted. But, anyway. He then decides he's gonna, like, do some shopping because he can't find his toothbrush, so he's gotta get money. Because his toothbrush is packed. It's in Paris. In Paris. Didn't they notice they had, like, one more suitcase than people? This was before they started charging per bag. So, oh, like, yeah. It was, just, it was, it was true. the like, 1990s. You're, you're, you're traveling like, first class. You can bring a million bags. Like, they can be full of all kinds of antiquities. We don't care. Yeah, we, we're not caring. I mean, like, is that, like, is that three bricks of cocaine? Whatever. That's fine. You land, you got four because you were first class. Mm-hmm. Um, but he climbs up Buzz's shelves to get, like, the... Get to his, like, piggy bank? Yep. Busts the shelves to shit. Yeah, they, like... I'm surprised they didn't rip out drywall. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would have, but, like... Yeah. They, you know, it's more artistic to do it this way. 
<laughs> but he then goes to the store um, and he's buying a toothbrush and he wants to know if this is like recommended the American Dental Society or right. something. Right. Has this been approved by the American Dental Society? And he asks the cashier and she looks and he's like, I don't know. He's like, what can you find out? And he, she doesn't just say no. No. She's like, fine, let me ask this other guy. So this other guy comes up and he's like, the hell do I know? Like, what the right. fuck? Like, this gets we, we are like a 7-Eleven. Like, this is not... People uh, aren't buying... Th this is not medical equipment. Right. This, this is, is a fucking it's toothbrush. It's just a toothbrush. It will brush your teeth, right. I it's, assure you. Like, the, the beauty of a toothbrush is its simplicity. It's essentially stick bristles. <laughs> like, yeah. You'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll last you. It's mm -hmm. fine. But while he's getting ready to do that and the two of them are talking... Old Man Marley. Old Man Marley walks in. So I want to point out, Old Man Marley puts his hand down on the counter. It's a glass counter. And you see a, a blood-stained bandage that's wrapped around his hand. There's yes, blood on the bottom. A, he has a wound. He has a wound on his hand a, mm -hmm. uh, 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 that's bleeding through the palm of his hand. Yes. And so there's that. What is that called where you get... Stigmata. Stigmata. Old Man Marley, because later in the movie, we're going to see the back of his hand. He's got a Band-Aid on the back of his hand. Mm -hmm. So it appears to be a piercing wound. All the way his... through the palm of his hand. So, like, really clumsy, unearned, unexplained <laughs> Christ metaphor for Marley. For Old Man Marley, but just in the one hand. <laughs> just on the one hand. So he's like a... It's only like a demi a demi-Christ. Demi-Christ, indeed. <laughs> It's really, I mean, like, they did a lot of work to have literally no payoff or sense to that. I did read that that is a metaphor for his broken relationship with his son. Sure. <laughs> I think this movie is not the movie in which we need to be searching for deep meaning, symbolic metaphor. Agree. But at the same time, they almost there was a bone there yeah they really really hit home with his uh wounds so uh he freak kevin freaks out runs out of the thing the store with the toothbrush with the toothbrush uh a, another little uh like teenager that's working there yeah he's like, like stop him shoplifter points at him for the record anytime i see someone yell shoplifter shoplifter i want it to be ethan emery yes and in Empire Records, it makes me really sad. It'll this be a bit is... before our kids can watch Empire Records, but it'll probably be they'll probably be they'll the, find it without us. They'll probably be the age that I was when I watched it, and I'll be like, "No, you can't watch that." <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're way too young to watch that. How old were you when you watched it? This is a irrelevant. <laughs> no, no, eighties were a wild time. <laughs> I was already allowed to lay, you know, like stay at home and like drive myself to the store. And you're 14, Dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, but there's a really short, weird chase. Um, he ends up on the sidewalk where he's almost run down by the plumber van. By the plumber van, which is which the is bandits. the wet bandits of Harry and Marv. Right. And so uh, they had just got done robbing a house mm -hmm. and doing their deed. I will say a plumber van is not a bad cover up. No, like it's one of those things that like it's it a, looks like a, shit. It's a big van. It looks like shit. You can put a lot of crap in it. You're at somebody's random house. Like, yeah, people like, don't really think too much about it. Yeah. Like I see, you know, service vans all up and down our road, you know. Right. And I've never like neighborhood watch. 
No, I'm, you know. However, if I knew my neighbors were gone. Yes. If I knew either side was gone and all of a sudden. The problem is the whole neighborhood is gone. Like literally. What are the odds? Everyone on their street travels for Christmas. Yeah. But uh, as they almost run over Kevin, Harry sticks his head out as like, Merry Christmas and smiles. Marv does. Marv is, Marv's the skinny one. Joe Pesci's Harry. Okay, sure. Uh, Harry sticks his head out the window and says, Merry Christmas and smiles. And they see the gold tooth. Yeah, which you had seen, like, the cop had smiled at Kevin earlier and he saw the gold tooth. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's the thing. Does Kevin, at this point, think that Harry was faking being a cop or is he faking being, being a, plumber? a plumber because either way kevin freaks out right because he's just shoplifted he's a wanted man you know like to an eight-year-old that's a big deal yeah maybe he thought he was a cop and that's why he freaks out so much yeah either way in the church he goes well he goes i claim sanctuary <laughs> yes he pulls a quasimodo <laughs> he pulls a quasimodo and goes to the church uh, actually, he doesn't even. But go he doesn't. In. But he doesn't hide in the church. He hides in the nativity scene. He takes a blanket that's like on the ground, and covers himself up all the way and holds a staff. So, so it looks like he's like a, a plastic shepherd. This is the smartest thing this kid does. This whole fucking movie. This kid's really clever. But dumb as a fucking rock. Yeah. So this is the smartest thing because he doesn't go home because then the guys would know where he lives and kind right. of fill in the blanks. But he's able to just... He's smart enough to not go home. Right. But at the same time, he's a fucking idiot. Why doesn't he call the cops? Or gone to the cops? Or Mm -hmm. found a cop? I mean, he's a white rich kid in the suburbs in the 90s. He definitely would have been taught to call the cops. Yeah. They're your friends. Yeah. So, back in Paris. um, Oh, no, no. The next scene is the party. Yes. So he finds out somehow... That they're gonna that they're gonna try to rob him. So he sets up. And he's up, like, "Okay, I got this." He sets up a party in his house, which is basically just a bunch of fucking mannequins from the basement. Right. There's a mannequin uh, on like a Christmas tree stand pole on a record player that's like spinning around. There's uh, a cutout of Michael Jordan, which holds up. Like <laughs> that would have been in every house in Chicago in every, the 1990s. Every house in the Chicago in 1990 would have had. A, I did not have a cutout of Michael Jordan. But Your brother didn't. No, he was a few years younger, I guess. So also, we were poor. <laughs> there, every rich house in Chicago right. had or a six foot tall. Rich, cutout, right, rich, right suburb kids would have life size cutouts of Michael Jordan. In 1990, you were not living in the rich white suburbs. No, no, not at all. Um, so. Taped to a uh, a train, and so yeah. it's like tracking around the living room. Right. There are so many fucking mannequins. So there's many like mannequins. seven. The funny thing is, like, I wrote in my notes. I take notes <laughs> during these, and I wrote, "Why do they have all these mannequins?" And as soon as I put the question mark at the end, Lisa looks at me and goes, "Why do they have all of these mannequins?" And I was like, "I literally just fucking wrote that. We're the same person." I and our daughter was like, "I mean, while they were in the basement, like that was that was the reasoning." Well, I mean, they were in the basement. It's not like they were using them. And in our defense, things end up in the basement with no explanation. For and her. I was like. Do we have any mannequins in our basement? And they and she was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, we have a lot of random shit in our basement, though. But no mannequins. <laughs> but no mannequins. She's like, maybe we're just not a mannequin house. 
I have no disagreement to that. We are not. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, and now I'm going to be driving up and down the road, looking at the house and go, is that a mannequin house? Is that a house? mannequin house? Is that a mannequin house? Right. Like, which of the mani- which of the houses in our neighborhood are mannequin houses? Yeah, this is a real... I think I need to know people better before mm-hmm. I just turn... I, I think there are mannequin people. Oh, and they and they inhabit whichever houses. The house is irrelevant. Okay. It's like, are you a mannequin people? Yeah, maybe we're just not mannequin people. I assure you, uh, <laughs> we are not. So, uh, but it does scare off the, I mean, at least makes them reconsider their plans. Yeah, for like a day. Yeah, which is all he was trying to buy. He's trying to buy a day at a time, I think. So this is the, mm-hmm. you know, the end of the second day for those of you. Right. Keeping track. Uh, we're Wait, back in- is this after or before he uh, scared one of them off with no, that's his gangster before. movie? That's before. Okay. So, like, the first night was turning on the lights. Mm-hmm. The second night was the party. Right. And then during the day, the next morning, the ne- he's doing dishes. Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. Um, But back in Paris, Buzz is like, like, this is where Frank... Comes in with like the shrimp cocktail, and right. you finally meet kind the of off screen. Yeah, uh, yeah, the dad's brother's wife, mm-hmm. so the aunt, I guess. I don't know, whatever the fuck. Um, and she's like, "Those are for later." And Frank's just like deuces and right. like gives Frank the shrimp is cocktail. The goddamn worst. Oh, he's awful. He's worse than Kevin. So okay, here's because my... he is a grown ass man. <laughs> so here's my theory: Frank is overcompensating. Yeah. Because first off, we've seen his, his Kevin's dad's house. Right. It's great. It's fantastic. Kevin's got his shit. Kevin's dad has his shit together. He has all his hair. Has all his hair. He is obviously doing okay. His brother, his other brother, lives in fucking Paris with his, you know, blonde haired blue eyed wife. Right. And makes enough money to buy all of them tickets to come to Paris so they can all celebrate the holiday together. Meanwhile, I think uh, Uncle Frank is in middle management somewhere. He's bald. Right. He wears he, a he wears a short sleeve button down shirt every day to work. Every day. Uh, he um, he he's his wife is fine, but you know there's yeah, a little fine. tension. You know it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, his his kids are kind of at least one of them can't hold his bladder. Yes, that's one of his kids. Um, I am very confused to who is what family. Don't try this. too hard. Yeah, in this situation. But like, I mean, he's 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 not doing great. But like, the flexes he has is to like assert some dominance over his 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 family. nieces and nephews. Well, his nieces and nephews, and occasionally his brother and his mm-hmm. brother's wife. This does not not make him an asshole. <laughs> he is still an asshole. Still an asshole. But like. Nobody's not assholes here, so like it's true. You know, it is what it is. Like anyway. So uh but Buzz is like unconcerned about Kevin because in his philosophy, either this is gonna turn out fine and Kevin's gonna be fine, mm-hmm. or they're gonna get rid of Kevin and both of these are acceptable outcomes. Right. And his sister is actually a little bit like, I don't like that. You're fucking messed up. That's that's <laughs> not okay. You know, whatever. So this is then we cut back to Chicago and the pizza guy shows up, mm-hmm. knocks over the thing so, again. Time three. Okay, did he go to town and call from a payphone, or in which case he should have called nine one one, or 
does his phone work? Which case, you should have called 911. Or, but if his phone worked, why couldn't his mom call mom him back? call him back? I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know how he ordered a pizza. But this he was, ordered a pizza. This was before online ordering. <laughs> right. Right. Because well, now before. you'd be like, well, they don't have phone, but they have internet. <laughs> but he does play. He has the pizza guy to come around to the back of the house, which mm-hmm. he has not shoveled. So, like, the dude's walking through snow. Yes. Which, if you're going to walk through snow to give me my pizza, mm-hmm. you're getting a better tip. Right. Right. So, the pizza dude walks up. And he's like, just leave it on the porch and, you know. Yeah, leave it on the doorstep. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. He's, and then he slides money through. And it's. He's playing the gangster movie from earlier. Right, it's like, how much do I owe ya? And he's like fast forwarding through. 1180, sir. Yeah, and he's, he, he pays him $12. And he's like, keep the change. Yeah, filthy animal. <laughs> he's like, damn cheapskate. Like, and he takes the money and he's getting ready to leave. Like, no one hangs around. No delivery person hangs around after they are paid. Like, they have places to go and shit to do. Yeah. And yet. And then. And yet. Kevin, Kevin feels the need. To play the rest of the gangster movie. Which is, I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your dirty, yeller, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. And the the kid is just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And one, two, ten. And then the machine gun goes off and the kid just like... Runs to his car. And peels out of there. And peels out of there. Why the fuck did that kid get back to the... To the store, because, you know, of course, no cell phones, right? Right, right, right. Get back to the store and be like, I need to call fucking 911 right now. This guy tried to shoot at me. Right. Like, that would have been the end of that conversation. Right. And even if later they're like, oh, it turns out it was just, you know, a VCR. And you're like, well, I thought it was real because I'm a white kid from the suburbs and I've never been shot at. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it turns out, like, terrorizing a kid is kind of a big deal, whether or not it's real or not real. Making threats and, and, like, shooting noises is kind of a thing. <sighs> so he should have been busted. Right. Then. Yeah, I don't understand. This is a real weird town where nobody calls the cops. Yep. So, then we're back in the airport with Mom. Mm-hmm. She's in Scranton. No. No. She's not in Scranton yet. She's still in Paris, and she's trying to, like, negotiate with this old lady. Oh, yes, 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 to get back to America. Yeah, there's a great line. She's like, I'll give you these two first-class tickets for Friday. I'll give you $500. I'll give you these earrings you like so much. They're very dangly. And the lady's like, I like that watch. Is it a real Rolex? And she's like, do you think it is? She's like, but who can tell? And her husband's like, just get on the fucking plane, honey. Right. Like, you have a whole shoebox full of earrings. Like, we're fine. We're cool. Like, we obviously have American accents and are in Paris, so we're not in need of $500. Like, we're trying to get home like, for our, you know, like... Our kids are waiting for us for Christmas. Let's get there. Right. And finally, the mom's like, I implore you, like, one mom to another, can you get me home to my kid for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And she's like... Oh, and so that's how mom starts her trip to America. Right. To get back on the right continent. So she flies to Dallas. Yeah. So Kevin is promising we shoot back. He's like promising to be better to his family and like takes another bath and like does the aftershave thing again, which again, this is the like mm-hmm. bullshit that wasn't planned. The second time. Like this, one of these is planned. Like, mm-hmm. but also how fucking retarded is this kid? 
Like, he's a f- total imbecile. Maybe he likes pain. Uh, I mean, we're going to get to the point of this movie where he is shown to be an absolute fucking sadist. <laughs> but I don't know that he's masochist. Masochist. Sure. It's um, a cuss sound. Um, Even though it's a C-H. It would have been two glasses of wine ago, maybe. But, sure. But anyway... I don't really say that out loud a lot because I don't really talk about that. Right, anyway, right. It's true. You keep that to myself. Uh, but anyway, uh, he goes grocery shopping. Um, again, this is the point where you point out, wow, this is a really nice walkable area of Chicago. Yeah, I was like, I wonder where he is. I was like, I bet it's Evanston. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, like To be able, as an eight-year-old... To walk. I was like, this kid would have fucking died in the suburbs. Like, Yeah, like the nearest grocery store is eight miles away. Or three miles away, but there's like a ravine and you have to like cross a highway. Like, Yeah, yeah totally. You live in a food desert. Yeah, right, you're sorry. Dead. Sorry. Um, also, you have plenty of leftover pizza. Fucking good. Right, right. So much leftover pizza. So he goes to grocery shopping. But he has to have milk. <laughs> so he talks to the cashier. Well, they spilled all the milk, so yeah. When they're eating the pizza. They really care about milk, you guys. They bring it up a lot. Milk is very important to me. It's, it's important to them. Um, but he talks to the cashier. She's, like, super sus. Mm-hmm. She's like, are you here by yourself? He's like... I'm eight years old. Do you think I'd be here by myself? Which she's is a like, non-denial denial. She totally and she's like, I mean, it seems like you're here by yourself. Where's your mom? Out in the car. Dad, at work. What's your address? I can't tell you, because you're a fucking stranger. Because you're a stranger. And she just kind of lets him go. Again, the 90s were wild, y'all. Wild. Um, This is really like a hangover from the 80s, I guess, mm-hmm. really, because it's, you know, 1990 on the dot. But he uh, he gets back. Uh, he does his laundry. It's been like 24 fucking hours. Yeah, why does he need to do laundry? I don't know. We did point out that, like, maybe it's because his, all his clothes got packed for Paris and they're in Paris. But my kids wear the same fucking thing for, like, six days if I let them. Yeah, like, they would not There's be no point that he'd be like, I want to do laundry and, like, man up. No, no. If my kids didn't have clean clothes, they would just not change. Right, they just wear the clothes they're wearing. They're like, this is fine. I mean, I, we're we're home all the, all time, the time. So, like, I literally have to look at my kids and be like, change everything you're wearing right now. Right. Like, I saw all of what you're wearing yesterday. Like, so. And I'm, like, doing laundry and I'm pulling out, I'm like... It's been a week. It's been a week. I have two pairs of underwear in this kid's boat. <laughs> two shirts, two pairs of underwear. It's not uh, enough. <laughs> I'm failing as a father. I mean, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody's fine. But yeah, apparently Kevin really likes uh, freshly laundered clothes. Yeah. But this is also the moment where we find out he's not afraid of the furnace anymore, which is mm-hmm. good because like the basement, it kind of creeped him out. But Right. Whatever. And he was he's like, like, shut up. I'm, I'm over you. Yeah. Cool. Getting some hood mo- spot. He's moving on. But the bandits are getting ready to go back to Kevin's. Right, because it's the golden jewel. They have to rob the McAllisters. They have to. It's just the, it's the great white whale. Mm-hmm. It's the, the silver tuna. Right. So Marv goes around to the back. And this is, Kevin still has a speaker set up from when he terrorized that poor pizza delivery guy. Right. And he plays the scene of the guy getting shot up. And Marv, and he augments it with a bunch of uh, firecrackers. Right, which I, I understand the firecracker, like, sound... Being a uh, more yeah, and also the like bits of the smell, yeah, like the smell. it would have been a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marv hears the whole it, experience, and he's like, "Holy shit!" Like some guy got blown away in there. He's like, "What?" 
Harry's like, what? He's like, yeah, some guy named Snakes. Like, he got shot. Like, they're the whole murder. And Harry's like, well, I mean, we should stick around. Marv's like, the fuck? Like, that's a horrible plan. Right, I'm, not, I'm not hanging with murderers. He's like, so, well, we need to figure out, like, what this guy looks like. Because, like, we've been working this town. And we get found out, like, they're going to be like, what about this murder? And we need to be able to throw somebody else under the bus. So we let's be like, oh, that wasn't us. That wasn't us. Or even, you know, bring somebody up and be like, hey, we're just honest plumbers. We're supposed to be in this area. But we, we saw, saw this, guy. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so maybe we can hang all these other. And then what happens? So they're, they like, let's, they're like, let's wait and see who comes out. Yeah, well, they they just fall asleep is because the next time we'll see of them is they're waking up. But um, mom is now landed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. She gives a itinerary. She's like, I went from Dallas. No, I went from Chicago to no, Paris to Paris. She starts out Chicago to Paris to Dallas to where the hell am I? And they're like, you're you're in Scranton, you're in Scranton ma'am. All right. Well, I need to get from Scranton to Chicago. Couple things. I didn't do the math mm-hmm. significantly, but I can't believe that from a driving perspective, Scranton is a huge upgrade from Dallas. Huh, let's see. I mean, it seems like, I mean, you might have gone from like a 14 hour trip to a 12 hour trip, but I don't feel like it's really moving significantly that way. But she's freaking out. She's yes. like, I got to get to Chicago. Like, any- Okay, so Dallas to Chicago is 14 hours and 26 minutes. That's really close to what I thought. Yeah. That good on me. Wow. And then I'm just going to say. And then Scranton to Chicago is 10 hours. 10 hours. So she gained I, four hours. She gained four hours. I feel like that's not worth it because. 10 hours and 42 minutes. But yes. But like she. She. I mean, you were probably in the air for two hours. Yeah. And then getting a different layout. If you had a direct flight from Scranton to Chicago when you left Dallas, like you had a connection. Mm-hmm. Sure. But like, otherwise, I would look at Scranton and be like. It's mm, not really closer. Not really helping me out. Like, mm-hmm. if you had a flight to L.A., like, no. Yeah. No, that's not going to be closer. Detroit, like. Detroit, maybe. Yeah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee certainly. Milwaukee, certainly. Even, like, Indianapolis or Cincinnati. Madison, like, Wisconsin. Like, like there's a there's lot of places. There's lots of places that are within a six-hour loop of Chicago. <laughs> but, like, well, at least moving you, I, I would need to move at least several, like, mm-hmm. ha- like half the time. So, like, yes. if you're 14 hours away, get me within seven hours. Yeah. If you're within... Seven hours, get me within three, and then I'm going to take a car. But she's freaking out. Um, and the guy from Cool Runnings, as our kids pointed out, comes up to her. The guy from Cool Runnings. It's John Candy. Yes, who my kids know. Solid get cool for Runnings. this movie. Like, he's, first off, John Candy. Yes. <sighs> Gone too soon. And right? she was like, if I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I'm going to get home to my eight-year-old son. And he was like, hey. I'm the devil himself. I'm the devil himself. Like. I'm the Polka King in the Midwest. Right. I'll help you get home to your eight-year-old son. You can. uh, We're we're going to Milwaukee. We're going to Milwaukee, which is like an hour and a half away. So, like, we got to go through Chicago. So we can, like, drop you off. Like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Our buddy over there is renting a van. And, like. We have room for you. We have room. So, like, again, it's a 10-hour drive. Right. But, like. 
if she had to wait four hours in the airport, take a two-hour flight. Like, right. So it's a, it's, she's about know, breaking even. You know, it's probably her best bet. So she takes him up. She's very gracious, very, con- like, very mm-hmm. excited about it. And we cut away from that. Um, but, you know, John, John Candy in this movie, just a great guy. Just fine. He never played a not great guy. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah. He's just a, he's just, you want to hug John Candy in every movie he's in. <laughs> Uncle Buck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool Runnings. Canadian Bacon. Wagons East. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so the bandits wake up and. In their van. In their van. And they see Kevin coming out of the house to cut down a tree for Christmas. And they're mm-hmm. like, Harry's like, oh, fuck. We just got played by a kindergartner. Like, that's the thing. To which our second grader, who is eight, is like, he's like in second grade. He's not in kindergarten. Like, I want the record to show. <laughs> the eight-year-olds are not in kindergarten. Like, he, he was personally affronted by that. Um, So, Kevin's decorating the tree. Mm-hmm. And Harry, like, goes up to the window behind him and is looking in. And Kevin sees his reflection in an ornament and is like, Dad, can you come down here and help me? And, like, kind of walks out of the window. Yeah. And Harry's like, oh, the gig is up. That kid is home a fucking loan. Right. Literally says the word, home alone. Home alone. Because you had to reference the title of the movie. In the I mo- mean, just once. Yeah. And he's like, so here's the plan. We're going to come back here at 9 o'clock tonight, and we're going to hit this pl- joint. Whether or not that gets here. Kevin has a window open. Here's the whole plan. The fuck he need to tell Marv the plan? Right. Right. Just like, be like, we'll come back tonight. We'll come why back. Why does there need to be a specific time? Like, I could see, like, hey, Marv, let's go home, get a bite to eat, say, you know, you can you can hang out with your girl for a little bit, but, like, be at my place at eight, we'll get in the van, we'll come over. Like... Yeah, like, something, something. Something, like, some of those logistics, but, like, why would you tell the guy that you've been in a van with for literally this whole movie exactly the time you're gonna do the thing? Right, when he's with you all the fucking time. So whatever um we cut to mom she's in the back with the kenosha kickers mm-hmm. uh, the van the van is not a van no the van is a fucking u-haul yep it's a u-haul with like bench seats and they're like playing instruments and having a good time not getting massively car sick at all not at all they're like magical yeah did i ever tell you about the the incident the time that you rode in the back of a u-haul yeah no oh my gosh Okay, so back in the day, we used to go to church camp. Yes. uh, Which, if you've ever seen that documentary, pretty on point. But anyway, we used to go to church camp in North Carolina from Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. How far was that? Like 16 hours? It, I mean, in a vehicle that isn't like a massive rolling pile of rust and shit, Mm -hmm. like maybe 10. Okay. But, you know, 14. Let's call it. So we used to go down there, uh, Brevard. North Carolina, which is where uh, Old Chub, the, the beer comes Ooh, from. Oh, Old Chub is decent. It's a great beer. <laughs> and it's like right around the corner from the camp I used to go to, like the super Yum. Baptist, like conservative camp I used to go to. Old Chub makes some delicious scotch ale. I They do. And like, if I ever end up in a position where I have to do that, like somehow end up going down there to visit, I'm going to take a day and go visit go Old visit Chub. Old Chub. And like they'll probably plan. come back and just have the most awesome conversation with the staff. 
But anyway, um, so we go down to camp. We spend the week at camp. We're coming back from camp, and we're like five minutes. Oh, out this of is camp. when you broke up with your girlfriend. No, that's a different camp different trick. Camp we'll time. get to that one. Don't ruin it. That's a whole different camp time. <laughs> camp bus trips home are the best, y'all. Anyway, oh so God. we're like five minutes out of camp, and the oil pump on the van blows out, or in the bus, on the bus, yeah, blows out. So we had two cargo vans that we had stuffed full of luggage because mm-hmm. you know, yeah, crappy church van doesn't have any storage space because it's full of kids. So we end up limping it into a rest stop, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is having some sort of weird like festival thing. And they, at a rest stop, yeah. So like. They had, like, rappelling set up on the side. Like, you could climb the side of the thing. They had fly fishing tutorials that you could go out and do it. And, like, there was all this weird stuff happening. At a rest stop? It was the weirdest thing. I think it may have been, like, a park of some sort. Like, a state park or something. That makes more sense than a rest stop. A ranger station at a stage park, maybe. Mm -hmm. But we end up pulling in there. And so we had entertainment and, right. like, fun and stuff for you a while. You climbed the side of a building. I did. I came to the side of this rest stop ranger <laughs> bathroom thing. Um, it was, like, a two-story climb. It was fun. Yeah. I learned how to fly fish, like, two and ten. Like, that's a thing. You're like, yeah. You know, and then cast. And, like, we were, like, lining up. And, like, I'm sure these guys that, like... They were expecting like 10, yeah. 10 people to show up at this festival, all but all of a sudden, sudden there's like, like 40 high schoolers. And they're like, okay, <laughs> let's sure, do we'll this. So, and so meanwhile, like all the youth group leaders are figuring out what the hell they're going to do. Cause they right. don't know. So they end up going to the next town over and they come back with a giant U-Haul mm-hmm. panel van, you know, like a, you know, a 12 foot, right. you know, U-Haul. And so... The plan is we shove all the luggage from the cargo vans into the U-Haul. Okay. Because it has this cubic feet. All right. Except the sleeping bags. This is going to get important. Okay. And then we spread the sleeping bags on the floor of the cargo vans. Okay. And then you stacked 40 kids like cordwood head to toe across the backs of the cargo vans. They didn't even sit up. They just laid down. Yeah, there were no seats. Yeah, but you can, like, sit up. I mean, like, we were no sitting. Seats. You can sit, like, on like the we ground. Were, well, like, yeah, but, like, my... Were you my, allowed to keep your pillow? Yeah, like, there were, like, any sleeping equipment was in the back of these things. So, you had, mm-hmm. like, pillows and sleeping bags and stuff like that. And so they kind of went up the sides a little bit. So, like, your back would be against the wall of the thing. Right, with a pillow or whatever. But you had somebody's feet on either side of you. Oh, my God. And then the next person, so it was, like, just rotating, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so we just went home from North Carolina. Oh. Through the fucking Through the fucking mountains. No windows. No windows. Um... There oh. were there were some. Were there incidents. many people who got sick? Oh, there was not an insignificant number. <laughs> and we got home at like two in the morning. Well, so it was um it was so church camp let off uh, like noon on Saturday, mm-hmm. and so we would get home late, like right. ten o'clock on Saturday night, and like go home, get showered, we rolled in. At legit 9.30 Sunday morning. Yeah, 9.30 in the morning. 9.30 on Sunday morning. Um, church started at 
Yeah. So our parents just met as a church. And so all of these kids, we are exhausted because nobody could sleep. Nobody could sleep. Yeah. We're, I mean, some kids still have chunks of whatever happened stuck to shirts. Like, yeah. we Gross. are just... Did they even have, like, like throw-up bags? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, they did? <laughs> well, we... <laughs> they were awful. like, here's a barf bag. At one point, we had gone through a Subway, so we had a... Somebody just grabbed a handful of Subway sandwich bags, mm -hmm. but they were clear, which is not a quality you want in a barf bag. Not I'm just going to call that. All. But I do... I knew, though, for a fact that there were some of them just thrown out the side of a van somewhere yeah. on the highway. Dude, but you don't have windows. How do you throw out the side you of the van? Pass it up to the guy in the passenger seat. Pass it up to the guy in the passenger seat. Like, here, throw out this. Yeah. Give me a new bag to throw up in. Well, and like, I remember the conversation being, we're going to have to hose these vans down, like the outside of these vans down whenever we get oh, back. Oh, yeah. Because there was stuff all yeah. over the sides. because it splats. Uh, it was formative. Gross. Let's just call that. So gross. Oh. Bodies are gross. But anyway. And magical. <laughs> she's in the back of this truck and, um, you know, she's just, this is the establishing shot. Like, this is how she's traveling. Right. We go back to Kevin, who is now going to find Santa Claus. And again, the super walkable neighborhood that he lives in. Very walkable. There's like a town center with like a little cute Santa hut. With a, yeah, a cute Santa hut. There's a little... A little convenience store and a grocery store. Like, yeah. I want to live here. I do, too. And a church. Yeah, like, so with, cute. Like, All of it's adorable. real cute and walkable. Yeah. Uh, by an eight-year-old. But he, like, shows up and he's like, hey, I need to talk to the big guy. And the elf there's like, yeah, turns out he just left. But, like, that's him over in his car. He's getting in his car. I feel like that's a that's a professional foul right there. Right. Like, you know, be like, oh, sorry, he just left. Even if I see you, I'd be like, I'm not acknowledging right i'm not gonna say he's just getting in his car like no no but the thing it... is they don't pay like 16 year olds enough to yeah. care about any of this bullshit yeah i well i don't they don't pay her enough to care about this eight-year-old either no like, like they don't they don't care they don't yeah they don't pay her enough to care but like i guess she's like he's over there like and i can point and gesture and he's someone else's problem and i'll go off right and i can lock the door and leave yeah so he goes and chases down santa and he's like listen i know how this works i'm eight I know you're not the real Santa. And this guy's like putting out a cigarette and like pulling his beard over his mouth. He's like, what? What? Uh, sure. He's like, so, but I need you to get a message to the big guy. Tell him all I want for Christmas. No toys, no video games, nothing like that. I just want my family back. And again, the Santa just listens to this random eight year old in the middle of the street. Who says they want their the night, family back. At, wants their family back. The guy's like, well, okay, cool. Well, I'll see you what I can do. I'll see what I can do. By the way, you can't leave Santa without getting something. Like, he's a candy cane or well, He's like, the elf took all the candy canes to her boyfriend. So uh, here. And he shakes out like three Tic Tacs into Kevin's hand. He's like, Merry fucking Christmas. And like gets in Deuces. his Datsun to roll away. And his car, like, dies, but, like... Yeah, but he has those three Tic Tacs, so it's... Okay. Yeah, so, like, Kevin's, like, cool. And, again, this that dude's not just, like, wait. Where are your parents? parents? Why are you talking... Why are you asking for your family back? Like... Yeah, so... Yeah, and so this is, by the way, when my, my eldest then looks at me and goes, get ready, here comes the slapsticks part of the movie. And I'm like... You know. That's true. I've seen this movie like <laughs> more than 
more times I can count. So like I'm aware. But also we do have a scene between here and there, which is the church scene. Church scene. Because Kevin decides he needs some religion in his life. Decides right. to stop by a church. He was like, I'm feeling bad about myself. Church so he, is the place to be when uh, you're feeling bad about yourself. Or if you're not feeling bad enough about yourself, I guess, right. maybe. So he rolls into this church and he's listening to the songs and he looks over and he sees Shovel Guy. Okay, first of all, full choir. Yeah, all these Probably kids Probably like 20 children Oh, singing. more than that. There's, maybe 30? 40? Well, there's two sides. There's about, I mean, I think there's like maybe 50. Okay. So it, it's, a, it's a big children's choir. Yeah. But there's exactly two people in the pews. Yeah. Where... Where did all these children come from? Did they also walk from their walkable neighborhood? It's a walkable neighborhood. neighborhood. You could they just also like, walk from their walkable neighborhood? Put on your choir robes. I guess walk- I could have walked to a Catholic church from my childhood home. But still, yeah, it's complicated. But, like, even so, like, it's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Your kid's singing in choir. Right, in a church. In a church. like Even if you're, like, atheist parents and your kid just, like... Kind of went on their own to be like, I'm going to sing in this church choir because I like choir and singing. I say, even if and I'm exploring religion, like, and you're shut like, the fuck I, up. yeah, like I'm not, I'm not chill with God, but I'm going to sit in this like church and watch my kids sing, like, yeah. like even if like I don't know, you've, you you're you're divorced and like your kids custody parents like take them to church and you're yeah. like not into it like yeah. you still show up to watch your kid play you, or you have to drive their ass there like there should be a lot more parents but anyway so it's like kevin parents. and like three random adults and snow shovel guy and snow shovel guy and kevin looks over at snow shovel guy and like flinches and is like oh my gosh and snow shovel guy just looks at a kevin and like turns around and is like what what is there somebody like really scary behind me and he's like Oh, so he gets up and he comes over to Kevin. Right. Red flags. Red flags. I'm like... Also, child alone in a church. Child alone in the church. So, okay, so there's a lot of interconnected things here. So, like, if I was, you know, as an adult, Mm -hmm. if I see a child alone in the church, I'd be like, hmm. Yeah. as, As a volunteer that has had his background check through that church, I would be like, I'm going to try to figure out what's going on here. Like, but also very much in a public sanctuary. Like, we're not going off. I'm not walking with this kid anywhere. Nope, nope. Like, but I'm going to figure out, hey, what's this kid's story? But Shovel Guy comes over and he's like, hey, you live next door to me, don't you? And Kevin's like, maybe. That's cool. Um, So there's a lot of rumors about me. Just to let you know, they're not true. So apparently this guy is keenly aware that buzz is spending rumors that he's a serial killer well maybe the rumors that he's a serial killer did start with buzz you know like every neighborhood has that like you know her she's a witch (laughs) kind of vibe except i mean i didn't (laughs) i didn't every every movie kid neighborhood i guess has a has a witch or a, a yeah a murderous old man who lives on the hill but like uh shovel guy's like hey that's my granddaughter up there i don't know where his kids are but his granddaughter's up there mm-hmm. um, she has red hair yeah easily identified mm-hmm. so um kevin and and shovel get to talking uh it turns out um shovel doesn't talk to his kids right anymore. he's estranged from his son which is a lot of shit to tell an eight-year-old like, i mean sometimes 
you share with people because they're like strangers and they can't judge you. Yeah. But like Kevin's like, you should call your son. He's like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to work. I'm a little afraid that he won't talk to me. He's like, well, you can I mean, be at afraid. At least you'll know. But like, if you know, you know, and you can figure that out. But like, I don't know. Just call him. He's like, maybe I will. And then Kevin's like, cool. I gotta get home and defeat some bandits. <laughs> yeah, like, gotta go. I'm like, again. Bye. All the adults in this kid's circle are just like eight-year-old wandering around this town by himself. Maybe it was night, normal it was in 1990 to I be lived an eight-year-old. Like I was an eight-year-old almost in 1990. As a pre- no, none of this was okay. <laughs> so Kevin gets home. Um, he vows to defend his house and he has like a literal battle plan. Like he cleans right, like off a, the table. Like a fucking scroll. So like he a like real big off the table. A real big piece of paper that he rolls out. Yep. And this kid is a straight up sadist. Yes. Like he is going not for defensibility, but, but for, for pain. pain. Yeah. Like he is gonna take a pound of flesh out of these guys. I am concerned. Truly, like, about truly. his mental process that got here. I mean, maybe his dad was teaching him how to be a spy. Or how to defend against the Federales from his cocaine empire. Ooh. Also, options. Yes. So Because, I mean, uh, he's already raised Buzz to be, like, a complete, like, psychopath. Right. And so, Kevin sits down to a nice meal of mac and cheese... This is a really awkward prayer. It's fine, whatever. Right. But then the clock chimes nine. So first off, he didn't really plan that well. Right, because he had no time to finish his mac and cheese. But also, he assumes that the bandits are going to be spot on on time, which I feel like that's not a demographic you can rely on. Right. I would have at least taken the plate and, like, shoved it in my mouth as I went to my battle-ready station. I guess. Like... Or at least, like, check out the front door and look and see if you see anybody. Right. Like, they might be, it might be, like, 9.15, 9.30 before mm-hmm. these guys roll up. Right. So, like, no Tra- reason to get... Traffic might be bad. Who knows? <laughs> you know, they just had a, like, little, they got a late start. Right. It happens. Right. But, um, the bandits show up and they go straight to the back door. With a doggy door. Yeah, there's a doggy door. Where's the dog? There's never been a dog in this house. No. There was not a dog the night before when everyone was there. No. There was not a dog. No. There was no mention of, like, all the crap we have to do and, all like, oh, I already dropped the dog off at the... At the kennel. Because, like, that would have been an easy conversation of, like, oh, you know, I dropped the dog off. Like, I boarded the dog before Frank got here because his daughter's allergic. Like, whatever. You know, like... There's a whole... Like, lampshade that. Yeah, there's a whole list of or bullshit just, like, that they in go the kitchen, through. In the kitchen have doggy food. Yeah. And some bowls and... Anything. Nothing. The only evidence of this dog we have in this whole movie is it's the doggy, doggy door. door. And our daughter was like, maybe they moved into the house with a doggy door. And I was like, maybe. Maybe. Maybe previous owners had a dog. But, I mean, I feel like they've been there long enough to establish a sense of style and theme. That... Right, and be like, I'm getting a new door. Yeah, like, also, these guys are fucking rich, so, like... Yeah, getting a new door is not uh, an issue. Not a problem. But, anyway, so, as they're taunting Kevin through the doggy door, Kevin sneaks the BB gun out. Which they neither of them notice. And probably shoots Harry in the balls. Right, and then shoots... Right in the dick. 
Right. And then Marv seeing that his happen- fucking head. Why? Through the doggy door. Yeah. So your buddy is screaming and yelling in an obvious pain, and you're like, first thought is, let's double this down. Let me put my head into the doggy door. Right. I just no, no. <laughs> but anyway, Marv's not a brilliant person, so he does that. Takes a bullet to the between the eyes. Our eldest is like, that would have gone in his skull. Like, maybe. I'm like, well, it's a BB. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, maybe not in his skull, but it certainly would have bled. Yeah, like, it would have broke skin. And our, uh... I have the hiccups. You do, indeed. It's adorable. I love it. Um, and so, boom. So, then they decide to divide and conquer. Harry's gonna go around front. Marv's gonna go down the basement stairs. Right. Turns about both of them are covered in ice. Right, because he got the garden hose. Yep, and, and just put it on all the all the stairs to make it icy. Right, so um, they both slip. They end up, you know, going down. Uh, Marv tries to crowbar open the door to the basement, only to realize it's unlocked. Yeah, which I mean, if the door's unlocked, as soon as he stuck that crowbar in, it should have popped right open. Yeah. Like, there shouldn't have been any sort of any wiggling. resistance. Right. But instead, he, like, tries to wiggle. And he's, so either Marv is a shit It's bad at crowbars. Or, like, that door is, like... Real weird and really jammy. Really good. Um, so he goes in. Um, he pulls the cord. This is where he gets the iron to the face. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, around front, Harry, like, wakes up after falling down the stairs, like, two times. Yes. He ends up waking up. I'm like, that dude... Concussion. If you have been unconscious, like, you don't come out of that. Like, you don't just... You're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, you don't... You're not functioning 100%, like, 10 seconds after. I Having been knocked out mm-hmm. a couple of times... I'm, I don't think I've ever been knocked out, but I have passed out, and it, you don't come back at 100. No, no, you don't. But Bar or Harry, sorry, comes right back and like runs up to the front door and grabs the doorknob. So I guess he's not 100% because he doesn't notice it's glowing like the sun. Okay, so if both doorknobs yeah. are glowing red. Yes. That door made of wood. Should be on fire. Should be on fire! 100%. I mean, it's a charcoal starter. That's what they're supposed to do. He would have burned his goddamn house down. Yes. The house should be on fire. So, um... Then we, you know, so Harry burns his hand. And of course they have, they have, uh, doorknobs that are monogrammed. They have an M for McAllister. How much fucking money do you have to have to get a monogrammed doorknob? I mean... A lot. Apparently. So, meanwhile, we clip back in. Um, Marv is going up the stairs, which are covered in roofing tar. Roofing tar and... They don't have a tar roof. They have a shingle roof. Yeah, maybe it was from the uh, treehouse. Maybe, but still... Maybe the treehouse has a tar, tar... Tar paper roof. Tar paper roof. But... Marv's walking up. He loses his shoes on step one and two. He, he loses his, his socks, socks on three and four. Three and, four. and then he steps on a fucking nail on step five. Yes. All right. And the nail goes like into- very far into his foot in a very gruesome shot. It is the shot in this movie that makes me like it, it causes cringe. me physical pain. Also, Marv, 
you have been booby trapped. You have been waylaid. Like, put your head on a pivot. Like, pay attention. Mm-hmm. You need to be very careful in this house. There is a single nail on a step. Right. It it's not like the whole step is nails. It's just one place. Like, if Marv had gone up the stairs and instead of stepping with his right foot first, right, stepped with he stepped his with left. left foot, he would have missed that whole nail. Right. I, the amount that Kevin can anticipate the... Sorry. The, uh... The handedness of, uh... Yeah. These bandits. Yeah, like, I mean, he anticipates that Marv doesn't just, like, pull the cable for the light bulb from, like, two feet to the left. He stands directly under the light bulb and pulls it, then looks up and takes that iron to the face. Like, so many things rely on such specific weirdnesses. He knew that they were going to be right there. Yep. He knows that Harry is going to come around to the back door and open the door and stop while a blowtorch singes his scalp. Right. Which is the next thing that happens. And then Harry runs back out. And again, he had put his hand in the snow when he got burnt. Now he puts his head head in the snow. Now I've got the hiccups. hiccups. Wow, we're like insane. We're twins. We're, We're twinsies. And so he's, you know... It just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Marv starts coming back out, um, slips on the steps again, but is going to go back up the stairs out of the basement, like stairwell. Right. Meanwhile, Harry kicks the door in and runs into the kitchen is like, listen here, you little shit. I'm going to like rip your spleen out or something. Like, right, right. He's very, very mad. angry. Now it's personal. Meanwhile, Marv comes up the stairs, rounds the corner and the door that Harry just kicked in is closed. Yes. Like, Harry, like, kicked that door off the fucking hinges. Mm-hmm. And, like, stormed through the kitchen, but, like, apparently thought enough to close it behind him. You don't want to waste the heat. You sure. want to heat the whole neighborhood here. Right, right. You don't want to heat the whole So outside. Marv decides to go around the corner to a window. Mm-hmm. And climb in. Climb it. Underneath the window... Is Christmas ornaments. Yep. So, Kevin knew that Marv would lose his shoes and socks on the stairs, step on the nail, and knew that he would try this particular window. Yep. Or, did he put Christmas ornaments under every window? I don't know. We don't know that he didn't, but, like, obviously this one is what worked out. Meanwhile, Harry's going through, gets in the dining room, walks through the door... And into, like, saran wrap with, like, I think it's, like, syrup on it. So he's, like, really sticky. And he, like, rips that off him. hmm And then steps forward and pulls a pencil out of a fan that blows a bunch of feathers on his face. So he's, like, just covered in feathers. This is completely not a deterrent. Right. This is not physical pain. This is just Kevin going for humiliation. Right. It's him being funny. Like... This kid, I mean, he's a sadist, but he's also, like, not right in the head. Like, he's just... He's watched a lot of Tom and Jerry. Humility. Yeah, so um, Marv and Harry then meet up. Marv's like, why are you... Or Harry go, looks at Marv and goes, why are you not wearing shoes? And Marv looks at Harry and goes, why are you dressed like a chicken? Because he's got feathers all over him. 
And then Kevin taunts them from upstairs. Right, like, I'm up here. You better come get me. Yep. So they go up, they run around the corner. Right. And slip on the Matchbox cars, or Micro Machines cars. It's a shout out to 90s culture. Rest in peace, Micro Machines guy. Yep. And then they got to go up the stairs. This is where they get the paint cans to the face. Right, okay. So the paint cans are exactly the height of their face. Right, at exactly the step they're at standing exactly on. exactly the step they're standing on. So, it would make sense for me to make it lower. Yeah. So that it's like, I could hit him in the knees or the ch- the chest or the, the groin face. Groin shot would have been really groin funny. Groin shot, like, depending on where where they are. Yep. But no. No. They both take him straight to the face. So if they were one stair below, it would just swoop over their head. Yeah, or one stair above, it would hit him in the chest and it wouldn't be as funny. Right. But they both take it to the face. They end up falling down all the way. Like, you take a paint can to the face. You don't just, like, you know, head back and, like, ow. Mm-hmm. No, you fly 30 feet backwards down a flight right, of stairs. in an arc. Like, like a, a parabolic arc. Yes. Yes. A rainbow and then when, of gravity. And then when your other buddy gets hit, he does the same exact arc and lands on top of you. Because mm-hmm. that's how that that's works. Extra funny. So now they're really pissed. And they're going up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry takes the corner a little too fast, trips over a trip wire, and does a full 180 gainer onto his back. Like, yes, there's a lot of flipping all the way over. In yeah, this movie. I mean, like, Pesci's Pesci's stunt double I got mean, some yeah. good money. Um, and then Harry manages, or Marv jumps over Harry and grabs Kevin by the by the ankle, mm-hmm. and is like struggling with an eight year old. Right. Who, like... Weighs, like, 50 pounds. Right. And so Kevin is able to, like, reach up ahead and grab Buzz's spider and put it on Marv's face. Right. Which freaks Marv out. And he lets go of Kevin and Kevin runs upstairs. This is where Kevin is, like, sitting up the zip line that he had set up earlier. Right. Zip line to the treehouse. Where he's tying the knot of the zip line to the treehouse and all of my kids are like... That knot's not going to hold. I love having scouts in the house. They're just like, no. They're or like, Aldis, please. Aldis is like, you you need a, le- a bowline would be good for that. Or like, maybe. Right, right. Like, this is a terrible I know knot. a couple of hitches you could probably get by with, but like, that right. is not going to do it. And I'm like, good for you guys. Um, but Harry then, or Mar picks up a crowbar and is going to whack the spider on Harry's chest. And mm-hmm. Harry's just like, Mar, what are you doing? Like, there is a moment where you think, like, Marv thinks Harry's going to kill him. Yeah, 100%. And it turns out he kind of does try, but then Harry steals the crowbar and beats Marv with it for a bit and then throws it down the stairs and something shatters. And our kids are like, that was probably a nice face. (laughs) So, um, Kevin then runs, like, takes the... Uh, he's got like bicycle handles that he's turned into a zip that line. That he put on the top of the zip line. And he zip lines down to the treehouse and he's like, hey, you idiots, you need to come get me. And the idiots are like, okay. And they start like hand over hand going down the rope. Going down the rope towards Kevin, who has, of course, like ginormous like pruning shears. Right. He just cuts the rope. Cuts the rope. They swing and smash into the side of the house. These men are dead. Yeah, easily. Like, easily several times dead. over. Kevin takes off running for the neighbor's house mm-hmm. um, to 
like call nine one one. Oh, he had called nine one one right before. Right, like when he started to maim them. When he hit them with paint cans. Yeah, he then he calls nine one one. This is like the first time the kid calls nine one one. Um, and says, "I'm next door." Like he's setting it up for next door. He's trying to get mm-hmm. the attention over there. And so Kevin runs over next door, and Marv and Harry are like, "Let's go get that little shit." Right. Wait, I got a better idea. So Kevin runs into the basement. Marv and Harry go into the upstairs, just in the main floor. Right, and they get there before him. And so they pick him up, and they're like, we caught you. We're going to do everything to you did to us. We're going to burn your head with, an, with a blowtorch. We're going to smash your face with an iron. We're going to burn your hand on the doorknob. And then Harry's like, but first I'm going to bite off every one of your little fingers. And I'm like, whoa, that wasn't? That wasn't what he did to you. That's just you. <laughs> That's just your thing. That's your baggage. <laughs> Um, but as they're doing it, um, Shovel Guy shows up. Shovel Guy! Smashes the back of their heads in, and, um... And then was like, we gotta get you home. Yes. So, why does Shovel Guy just be like, you can get home, alright, see you later? And or say, hey, I'm gonna walk you home and make sure your parents are cool. Right. Right, or like, hey, why were you in a battle royale with some bandits? Like, yeah, like honestly, can we unpack any of this? No, like, he's like, time to get home. Like, if I find a kid that suffered a severe emotional trauma, like what I'm watching right now, yes, and I know where he lives, I'm going to take him to his parents. Like, I'm yeah. going to make sure that happens. Right, like, I'm going to hand him off there. to I another. Might, I might have adult. a whole conversation with their parents and be, be like, like the "Hey, fuck, this happened." And like, hey, um, you can afford therapy. You, um, mom, why don't you take him, get him cleaned up? Dad, can I talk to you a little bit about what I just saw and what the fuck your kid was doing to these bandits? Because like, that's a lot. Concerned. That's a lot. Where did he come up with this? Right, right. I don't know. Um, but like, Kevin sees he's watching out the front window. He sees the bandits get loaded into a cop car, pulled away, and he waves at them. And winks. And winks. And I'm like, those fuckers are going to hunt you down and, and murder you when they get out. Like, you are, you need to go witness protection fucking now. Yeah. Change your name. Never come back here again. Because those guys. Those guys are going to kill you. They are legit and honestly going to kill you. Um, the next scene you see Kevin leaving milk and cookies and carrots out for the Santa. He has cleaned up everything. His whole house. Curiously clean. Yeah, it's so clean. Honestly, what he did to the stovetop that we discussed well Would have taken this, hours to clean. But like he manages to get the whole house together in like just moments. Right. Maybe he's real on top of it. I don't know. It's crazy. Um and then we cut back to mom in the back of the the truck. Mm-hmm. And she's feeling bad. She's like, I feel like such a bad parent, which is true because she is such a bad parent. I mean, she is a bad parent. She did leave her kid while she went to whatever. But like the mom and the cat in the hat left their kids with a fish. Yeah. I mean, let's not play what about. She's so... not good <laughs> because that's really what the next thing is, is like uh, John Candy's going around the crowd. He's like, yeah, we're that all terrible parents. We're it's all okay. Horrible, horrible parents. Like that guy forgets what his kids names are. That guy hasn't seen his kid in like two years. That guy. Well, let's hope none of his kids write a book about him. 
And she's like, you know, honestly, this isn't making me. You guys are terrible people. Right, like, I don't want to be in this set. I want you to tell me I'm not in this set. And he's like, yeah, it turns out. Yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah. So um, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. but Right. Yeah. John Candy tells a whole story about how he left his kid at a funeral home alone with a corpse for a, like, day? a whole day. Nobody else is at the funeral home? I, that's not how, I don't All know. the funeral home workers left? I feel like that was like probably improv by John Candy. <laughs> and I want it to be that way because I respect that man yeah, and his sure. art. But um but Kevin wakes up on Christmas morning. Uh it's snowing, like you see the snow pouring out, mm-hmm. and he's like running downstairs, he's like, Mom's here, like my family's gonna be back. I asked for her for Christmas, I know how this works, and he's alone still. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just kind of starts to accept that, and you see the truck pull up, and, and then the... the front door opens. Yeah. And, like, his mom runs in, is looking for him. He's looking for her. They have, like, a little sweet moment of reunion. I'm going to call no. Because <laughs> what happens is, like, the mom runs in, is walking around the house. Kevin is in another, like, room across the foyer. Mm-hmm. And mom sees him and says, Kevin. And he turns around and he's stone-faced. Right. And she's looking at him, and she's, like, having all the feels. And he's stone-faced. And she says, I'm so sorry. And then he cracks a smile. She runs over and hugs him. That little shit is emotionally manipulative to the fucking end. It's true. It's true. Because this thing is not entirely her fault. Mm-hmm. Like, he pulls, bears some culpability for the whole thing. Right, there's some circumstances, there was some him, there was some her. But he needs her to say, I'm sorry, first, so now she is the perpetrator and he is the victim, and he can play that card. Like, right. it's a whole... And he's, she's never going to live this down. Like, remember no. the time that you left me at home when you all went to Paris? And you're like, yes, Kevin, we all remember that time because you bring it up all the fucking time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, uh, but then he, like, pulls off and his, like, first question to her is, like, where's everyone else? Mm-hmm. Like, not even, like, acknowledging her as an individual like and her here. whole yeah. struggle. He just wants to put it in the frame. And, of course, everyone else barges through the door right at that moment because right. this right. is and Friday the dad's morning. like, see, it would have been fine if you would have just waited. <sighs> yeah. But, um... Yeah, and like he has a real weird uh the dad has a real weird uh interaction with Kevin who's just like, Oh son, you're not dead. That's great. You bought milk? So weird. Yeah, huh. Cool. Buzzle's like glad you didn't burn the place down and Kevin's like, Cool. Yeah. Like it's a very And then like Kevin looks out the window and he sees Shovel Guy and his son reuniting. Right, okay, but the the dot the granddaughter he's reuniting with has brown curly hair yeah and not red hair it's a different granddaughter so maybe he is estranged from both his children there's maybe a lot of all of his children like maybe there's multiple children that he's estranged from and he called the other son i don't know yeah but kevin takes it as a win but also if like all your kids are estranged from you then that's you it's the old saying if you meet an asshole in the morning you met an asshole if you meet an asshole every time you go out you probably the the asshole asshole. yeah so um but then buzz yells from upstairs like kevin what did you do my room because of course he trashed the place right he didn't bother to clean up kevin's room or Or buzz's Buzz's room room. he cleaned up the whole rest of the house we don't know if kevin has a room uh but yeah 
And scene. Like, right, so nobody learned any lessons. No rap credits, even. No rap credits. Oh but my, like, okay, I do love Catherine O'Hara. Fair. In everything. That's fair. She <laughs> brings it. She's great always. I can't think of any exceptions. She's great in Beetlejuice. She's yep. great in Schitt's Creek. She's been great in everything I've ever seen her in. <laughs> That's fantastic. Also, at the end of this, like... You know, we're watching it streaming, so it clips out of this and puts a big ad up for next thing you might want to watch is Home Alone, Home Alone 2. 2. And our eldest is like, what, they left him again? They lost him twice? Like, losing him once is bad enough. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, this time they lost him in New York because that's what it says. Like, it's a whole thing. And he's like, I might have to watch that. I'm like, uh, go for it. I mean, it's not the best, but I mean, it's one of the top five cameos from the future president, Donald Trump. I mean, he's made many cameos, so I don't little know. rascals, and then Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yeah, and then Home Alone, Lost in New York. <laughs> I don't know many others, but like he's there's a lot. There's he's, he keeps uh, popping, popping up. I mean, he likes to see himself on camera. He does he? he does indeed? But anyway, so what do we learn from this movie other than we are not that bad We're of not parents? Not that bad of parents, We're doing guys. Fine. If you're out there and you're a parent. You're and you've you've never done anything like these parents. You're probably okay. You're doing all right. It's a, it's a graded on a curve. It's yeah. fine. If your kid doesn't have latent sadomasochistic tendencies, right? Like you're doing all right. And if they do, you should go get them some counseling. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or steer into the skid. You yeah. Know, get it's, some get some therapy. That's fine. Uh. Like, mandatory reporting laws are probably a good idea. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say that. Yeah, there, because... were, there were many adults which saw at least part of this situation and were like, seems to check out. <laughs> like, I don't need to get involved. It seems like a lot of paperwork. Yeah. And yeah. they just kind of blew by. And, like, honestly, they shouldn't have done that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. What else we got? I think that's it. I think that's about it for this movie. Like, this movie, for being such a cultural touchstone, <laughs> it's such like, a big deal, it's a, it's not. There's not that much to it. It's really not. It's, like, a lot of setup and weird plot. Mm -hmm. Also, I remember, like, the, the, like, home invasion portion of this movie. Being longer? Being a lot longer. It's, like, maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, maybe 15. Tops. But, like, it. I remember that being the whole fucking movie because I blocked out all the other bullshit in this film. Yep. So, like... The fake gangster movie that they made just for this movie. Yeah, I remember that part, but, like, also they really show that, like, six times. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the only part that uh, yeah. they show. Because it's, it's the only part they had rights to because they filmed it. Yeah, it was a whole fake thing. It wouldn't show up again until uh, Detective Pikachu. Detective you and see that review later yeah so, there you go all right well i think that's all i got yep that's it i'm gonna try to figure out how to cure both of our hiccups tonight maybe oh good. good luck with that yeah all right well <laughs> on that note all of you out there please parent responsibly please parent responsibly